Welcome to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from August 14, 1995. From the high desert in the great American Southwest, I bid you all a very good evening or good morning as the case may be. Stretching from the Tahitis and the Hawaiian Islands all the way east to the U.S. Virgin Islands, way out in the Caribbean, south to South America, north to the North Pole where Santa is. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another week, another edition of Coast to Coast AM, live talk radio throughout the nighttime, right here on the CBC Radio Network, because this radio station cares enough to have live talk radio on. You should thank them. Well, all right, uh, what is going on right now? Felix is hitting Bermuda, grazing Bermuda tonight. Lots of high winds. And then they say, on to the U.S. mainland. Not yet um, too powerful a hurricane, but it could easily increase in strength. Winds presently about 85 miles plus per hour. Airlines are not flying to Bermuda anymore. Bermuda was scheduled to vote, had a very important vote as a matter of fact, uh, on whether or not they should become independent from Britain. Now... The turnout for that vote is very much in doubt, therefore, whether it will be meaningful in doubt, too. Forecasters are not sure, but they now think the U.S. East Coast is indeed the next most likely target of this hurricane, as they just keep coming, as I noted. going to be a terrible season. Terrorism. Sudden nationwide security at airports last week. Remember that? No specific reason, but it was obvious to me, and I think most, that there was more going on below the surface than we were being told, and there was. Islamic terrorists, specifically Hamas, uh, is threatening a suicide attack at Kennedy Airport. Even vehicles are being stopped and searched. They're worried most, apparently, about a car bomb. Suicide car bomb. And I wonder why they don't tell us this kind of stuff. Now, I know I'm not telling them anything, so I'm not breaching any security by saying this. But if I was a terrorist, I'd pick another airport, not Kennedy. The U.S. is a big fat target for terrorism, and there's simply no question about it. Unless we want to become a police state, and we do not, we're a big fat target, and we can be hit uh, very nearly anywhere, anytime, and I wonder what you would see done about that. I mean, as it begins to get bad, and it's going to get worse, you know, as we arrest these terrorists in New York, and, uh, in fact, one at Kennedy, they're going to try to get back to us, at us. That's what they do. 
And of all the targets out there, we're probably the easiest because we are the freest. Thus, we want to turn this place into some sort of police state. Well, the big confab down in Dallas. What to say about that? Ross Perot showed up on Meet the Press Sunday. You've got to remember, he got a fifth of the vote last time. And the big party was this last weekend in Texas. Thirty-six speakers showed up. And um, the big news, I guess, is everybody kind of snored while Bob Dole gave his speech. I said snored. And everybody clapped when Pat Buchanan said what he said. And Pat Buchanan gave a big speech, uh, at the end of which he said, quote, When I raise my hand to take the oath of office, your new world order comes crashing down, end quote. And they stood in the aisles for that one. Now, whether or not a confab with Ross Perot uh, is important or not, I don't know. They think it is. He got a fifth of the vote, and that's enough to put anybody over the top. So everybody, as usual, comes courting to Ross, wanting his sport. Generally, it's my view, he gives these things so that he can let all the other guys speak and then say they have spoken, none of them have said what I want, I shall be your candidate. However, a lot of what Ross Perot, crazy Ross Perot, says, I still find very, very appealing. He'd like to see both parties come forward with a second contract with America, real one this time, one that contains all the reforms not passed in the last one. No gifts to congressmen, no money, real campaign finance reform, Shorter campaigns, stop foreign lobbyists, balance the budget, criticized Reagan for the $10 million speech, said the economy is a mess, said, um, oh, he said a lot of things. He said, if the biggest tax increase in history, and we just had one, makes sense last year, how does a tax cut this year make sense? unless your agenda is to manipulate the voter. Well, it is. That's part of what taxes are for, to manipulate people into different social behavior or or at the ballot box. He said, quote, and I agree with this, quote, if these economic figures were on the instrument panel of an airplane, we would eject, <laughs> end quote, that's right. He does not now want to repeal NAFTA. Said we should not have normalized relations with Vietnam. And so a lot of what um, Ross Perot says still makes sense to me. He wants pilot programs for Medicare and Medicaid before we jump. He um, wants to raise the elig eligible age for Medicare and Medicaid means test, means if you got the money, you don't get it. Uh, we've got to look at Social Security, raise deductibles, and uh, generally wants um, 
welfare localized? And, of course, the big question, is he going to run in 96? He said, business is rational, politics is irrational. I won't close it out, I won't go away. But, um, you know, there's still something to me endearing about Ross Perot. He is a sincere but slightly crazy guy. And I voted for him last time because I thought this sincere but slightly crazy guy would go to Washington and probably not last very long, probably shake the hell out of them. They needed it then, and they need it now. The media asking, does he want to make a king, be a kingmaker, or a king himself? Probably both. Then there's Jesse Jackson, Colin Powell, and, of course, as I said, Ross Perot. George Will said something I've been telling you right along over the weekend on the Brinkley Show. And he said, you know, Bob Dole went down to Texas and said his basic theme was, as George Bush's was, elect me, I've been tested. Well, it did not work for George Bush. It is not going to work for Bob Dole. And therefore, George Will concluded exactly what I have concluded, that Dole is not the best candidate. Dole cannot beat Bill Clinton. I believe it. So, if Bob Dole is not the right opponent for Bill Clinton, who is? Well, the guy getting the biggest reception by a mile was Pat Buchanan. As you know, we had him on as a, uh, as a guest here. And as you know, I too also like Pat Buchanan. Am I convinced he would be the right candidate? Not yet. Mm -mm. I am not. And I must admit, I do not know who is. Uh, Mr. Graham's campaign seems to be fading quickly. I don't, I really don't think there's very much there, do you? There is with Buchanan. He's got fire in the belly. He could go after Clinton. I agree with that. There is uh, something reminiscent, certainly, of Ronald Reagan and more in Pat Buchanan. Maybe too much more. I don't know. I'm on the edge. I want to support Pat Buchanan right now more than anybody else. But something holds me back from fully jumping in. Oh, well. As you know, the president would like young people to start, uh, stop smoking, or never, uh, more to the point, begin in the first place. The um, FDA has declared nicotine a drug, and cigarettes themselves a drug delivery system. His plan is to ban sales to anybody 18 years of age or under. It's already the law. To ban vending machines to allow no ad within a thousand feet of a school, no ads at sporting events, so the camera might catch them, and to drag, kicking and screaming, $150 million from the advertising uh, budgets, I guess, of the tobacco companies, to be used to advertise against themselves. 
Tobacco companies flipped out, filed suits. Lawyers will profit for generations to come. And again, I remind you, all of you, more people smoke than voted for Clinton. And I still like what I made up last week, that our president may be the first smoking-related political death. Either that or it's a very smart move, and some people think that it is smart. Well, as you know, I'm trying to quit smoking myself, so I went down and got the patch. And I slapped that sucker on, and it made me sicker than a dog. Now, I've got the 21, what is it, 21 milligram, you know, the highest one, the one you're supposed to start with. And without telling you what brand of cigarettes I smoke, I'll tell you, I smoke a cigarette that most people, when you offer it, you know, when you bum a cigarette, I offer one of mine, and they say, oh, no thanks. To them, it's not even really a cigarette. What I smoke has the lowest nicotine uh, of any cigarette on the market, okay? And I think what happened is that I poisoned myself. I'm not sure about this. It's just a guess, mind you. But... Um, but I think I poisoned myself with too much nicotine. It's just a guess right now, but when I took the patch off, I felt an awful lot better. I mean, I got kind of ill. Anyway, so the saga continues. So for now does the smoking. FDA, David Kessler, over the weekend, trying to define what is a drug. Very, very interesting. He said, a drug, quote, a drug is an article, except for food, intended to affect the structure and function of the body, end quote. Boy, I'll tell you, that includes a lot of stuff. Everything, literally, except food, that you would put into your body. Just seemed to me that would, uh, that would include an awful lot of stuff. The V-chip. Brinkley discussed the V-chip. What is it? It will indeed technically work. It will go into every television set manufactured after a certain date. Um, so technically, the V-chip for violence is going to work. But the following questions are good ones. Who will decide what will be declared violent. In other words, presumably, parents would program the V-chip uh, um, uh, and would go by the ratings that are given to each program. So then who decides what's going to be given the rating that would cause the parents to program the V-chip? And then they added there ought to be an S-chip for sex, maybe an L-chip for liberal ideology. And anyway, they said, who would know enough to program it? Parents can't program VCRs now. Most of them sit there flashing 12s most of the time, or zeros, 12 o'clock. Who can program the VCRs? The kids. That's who. Still, I think the V-chip is basically a good idea. 
This um, harkens a little bit to something we discussed with a guest on Dreamland yesterday. It is the Internet and the web. Now, to those of you that do not have computers, you've got to understand the web is becoming, is changing, is evolving, is becoming something new. It's almost, not quite of course, but almost an entity of its own. And the government is worried about it. They're talking about censoring it or monitoring it or whatever they're going to do. I wonder, do you consider the growing Internet web dangerous, the savior of society, something that should be regulated, something that should be left alone, something that eventually will become a kind of entity of its own? I just wonder uh, what you think about that. It is true, in Oklahoma, in an Oklahoma state prison, there was a man convicted for murder who was just about to be executed. Hours. Just had a few hours left. Strangely, he said he wanted to take a nap. <laughs> he wanted to take a nap in his last few hours. Anyway, when the guards came to get him, he was completely unconscious. Uh, as a matter of fact, was at death's door. Had apparently taken an overdose of something or another. So he was about to die. They rushed him to a hospital, revived him with extraordinary methods, got his eyes open, got him breathing, got him thinking, got him back into the world again, returned him to the prison, and executed him. Now, I don't think this story says very much about the man in question. Just doesn't. I mean, it's not an unusual thing. Uh, rather than face the state execution, he was going to go away. But to return him from death's door in order to get him aware enough to be aware that we were executing him, he was going to die our way by God or no way at all, says more about us than it does about him. And I'm not exactly sure what it says, but you might, you might want to try and comment on it somehow. The O.J. Simpson trial, the Furman tapes. This is it, folks. It may be the biggest decision of the O.J. Simpson trial, should the tapes be used as evidence. Allegedly, on the tape, and they're beginning to leak out now, the N-word was used 27 times by Furman. There is Furman explaining, allegedly, how an innocent black man might be framed by the police. Johnny Cochran told the reporters that came rushing in to see him that the, the, these tapes are going to be the icing on the cake for an acquittal. 
they want to play five or even six hours of the tapes to the jury. Prosecutors are flipping out. Marsha and company are very, very angry at Mark Furman. So if the tapes are played, I think it is the straw that will break the back of the prosecution. I think that's it. There's going to be an acquittal. So what is that going to mean? Quite a bit, I suspect, uh, for the American justice system and the way we perceive it. Well, I've got a lot more, but let me hold it for a moment. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from August 14th, 1995. to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from August 14, 1995. Art, regarding the execution story, is our government great or what? Signed, Pat. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that, but uh, oh well. Art, I think a winning ticket in 96 would be Buchanan and Alan Keyes, or maybe Buchanan and Linda Smith. I think the definition of an illegal drug ought to be, quote, a substance one takes that can affect the person to the extent that he or she may harm another, end quote. Drug usage has gone way up since Clinton got into office. Now he only goes after cigarettes. Makes me wonder what the administration personnel smoke. Regards, Vince. And finally, Carson from Houston says, aren't, don't you feel that terrorist actions are possibly encouraged, tolerated, or even committed by those in this country in order to impose tyrannical restrictions on our freedoms? Well, no, I don't. Actually, Carson, no, I don't. Um, I think they are a threat to our freedom, but I don't think they're being encouraged in order to remove our freedom. I think that's going to be the end, end effect, though. And away we go. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hi there, Mr. Bell. Ding dong. This is Pete in Portland. Yes, Portland, Pete. Oregon. Yes. Where we conjugate our Latin, no more, no mo, no mas. <laughs> I've had enough of baseball yeah. already. <laughs> well, I, I thought that Debate night was great. Is there some way you can work that into a regular thing? Well, I do debates uh, all the time. Well, I mean, I, I mean not on, you, you know, a full night was a lot. But I, I did that for two reasons. One, or the most important of which was, just giving away presents is yeah. boring. Yeah. Yeah, you know, unless you're the winner. Mm -hmm. But at least when you have a debate 
and you have a contest, then you've got content. And, uh-huh. and I, I didn't want to have a boring night, so we had content. Yeah. Oh, about uh, Dreamland, what was the name of that last guy who was on there? He uh, was talking about uh, mysticism and... Uh... Oh, myths and... Uh, yeah. Uh, and so forth around the world. Gee, what was his name? Uh, isn't that awful? Uh, it was Denny Sargent. Denny Sargent. He he has books out or something? Yeah. Hmm. I'll have to look him up. Hey, Art, I just got a hold of what's on the newsstand right now, the uh, popular science magazine, uh, a big, huge five-page article with illustrations on the Harp Project up in Alaska. Oh, I've got... seen. Yeah, oh, I've seen the photos. Yeah, and they've got the, the discla- uh, declassified documents, and uh, at least one of the three patents is declassified, and they talk all about it, what mm-hmm. they're planning on doing. Did you ever hear the Russian woodpecker? <laughs> Three years, yeah. Yeah, apparently in this article they mention a, uh, a site somewhere over the horizon, somewhere in Siberia or someplace. That was probably their version of HARP trying to look over the horizon at us. Correct. Yeah. Yep. So it's pretty neat. All right, thank you. Uh, HARP, though, is not really over the horizon radar. HARP is an actual attempt to influence the nature of the ionosphere, uh, A, and B, to look for underground caverns and bases. Very, very interesting. And uh, so HARP and the woodpecker are not exactly the same thing. They both however, through and will throw large amounts of RF at the ionosphere. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Let me turn down the radio. All right. Thank you. Please do that right away when you get on the air. Yeah, this is Sean from Sacramento. Yes, sir. Uh, A couple things. First of all, I think uh, all us KST listeners should uh, call in, make sure we get Dreamland on. Well, you do get it, don't you? Yeah, but it's uh, preempted. Like later on during the evening. Yeah, well... Uh, kind of want to get live. Well, what's on? Sports? Um, no, actually, I, I can't remember. Not that great. But anyway, um, you had a 21-year-old a few nights ago that was talking about uh, Japan and making some really stupid comments as far as the H-bomb. Yes. Well, I'm 25 years old and a military brat. And uh, I used to live in Japan for three and a half years. Right. And I've been to uh, Hiroshima. And what people just don't understand is that the H-bomb ended up giving the Japanese a way out, a very honorable way out, which is very important to them and their culture. Remember, it was the A-bomb. All right, I'm sorry, the the Uh H-bomb. Yeah, the A-bomb. Gave them a way out, yes. And another point I'd like to make as far as uh, kids and drugs, um, a lot of kids are being sent to school with Ritalin, which is a drug, and being told that, you know, they have to change their mood because their teachers can't handle them. And this is education. Yeah, but in some cases, sir, it is true. Ritalin is not uh, all the bad drug that it's made out to be, and it helps a lot of children that otherwise would be not manageable to be manageable. I know, but we're, we are telling the kids um, that their mood has to be changed in order to be able to be dealt with. Well, in some cases, it does. Thank you. I'm not uh, totally against Ritalin, um, and you may recall when you were in school, there were one or maybe two kids that would disrupt a class. Actually, 
I, I may have been one of them at one time. I was pretty bad in school. I like to talk back. And uh, I got in a lot of trouble for that, talking back. Arguing. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm suited for what I'm doing right now. I don't know. But I would make caustic comments. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Uh, concerning the uh, fellow that had the uh, generator. The what? The uh, fellow that had the generator you talked about last Saturday morning. Uh, the uh, the reverse spark deal? There is a generator known to have uh, come down from uh, Tesla, and they have a book and the Silicon Valley that I have seen and a friend of mine was working on. Yeah. That is 800% more efficient than our present generators. Well, and why don't we use them? Uh, pretty obvious, isn't it? No, it's not. Well, sure they could. If it's 800% more efficient, they could still put a meter on it. Uh, the information is quite well disseminated. And uh, well, my friend uh, was working on it before he died about a few years ago. Yeah. Well, then I say again, where is it? And I mean, the, we're you know we're in a capitalist society, sir. And if there's something that is that much better, then the power companies would use it and make that much more money. Well, the idea is for each person to use it, to make their own. Oh, to make their own. And there was a a, a scooter in Germany that had gone twenty thousand kilometers. Uh, I saw a picture of it. It's just a one person little vehicle, and they at that time we we're talking about making. Uh, making an automobile. All right, sir, thank you. I, I very much doubt these stories. Sorry. I know. The 3,000-mile carburetor, the machine that generates power from nothing, the uh, endless motion machine, all the rest of them, um, my question is always, then, where is it? And the answer is always, well, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? They can't allow that to be. They wouldn't make any money. Power companies would go out of business. So they suppress it, kill anybody who gets in their way, hide the technology. Uh, sorry, I don't buy it. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello, Art. How are you? Fine. Goodness gracious, I didn't think you'd get in. This is Dan from Portland, Oregon. I'm enjoying your um, your program here. Good. I enjoyed the little stories of the miraculous uh, power-saving, power-generating, um, oh, full-wave full bridge amplifiers and things like that that no one can seem to find. Well, what do you mean, full-wave bridge amplifiers, uh, full-wave bridge? Uh... Uh, they work. I understand that's a piece of electronic circuitry, but I'm talking about the miraculous thing that will generate 500 times more energy than it consumes. Do you believe it? Of course not. Yeah, right. Garbage. Yeah, you're right about uh, Furman. Um, he's going to blow it out of the water here if, if the tapes are accurate. It's going to be it? Yeah, that'll be you know, it. If, if it seems as though it's coming from Furman, and my impression is that it clearly does, um, that's that's the end. Yeah, that's too bad, too, because I think the guy's as guilty as sin. But and so then if he walks, what effect? Well, I'm going to be a little disillusioned. The other thing you talked about was uh, Mr. Buchanan. 
you know. I yes. hate to tell you, he's no, he's no Reagan. Reagan's first term was stellar. His second term, of course, wasn't quite so impressive, but... I agree with that. I was uh, a very... Well, I said he's got, he's got aspects of Reagan. As a matter of fact, he goes beyond Reagan and beyond where I want to be a little bit. Uh, yeah. I'm just not excited at all yet about the election. Not about anybody. Well, me neither. Yeah, Patrick Buchanan strikes me as being too far out into the right wing to attract enough of the central vote. And um, those that are really feeling rebellious are going to go for Mr. Perot again. You know, it's disappointing. Cause I don't know that I would do that. Um, I, I, I might. I, I think that Buchanan, to me, is the most interesting, but I tend to agree he's a little far out on the right. Clinton would might eat him alive. He'd be a better candidate against Clinton than Dole, but that's not saying much. You really think so? Yeah, I don't think Dole's going to be much anything against Clinton. I have an awful lot of respect for Dole. Why? Uh, he's shown himself to be such a, a statesman, really, to me. You know, he's got a, a lot of... Uh, well, he's class. a politician. Well, he is, you know, but you, you, how can you not be? You spend that much time in Washington, D.C., you're going to be, I think, you know. I, I, You know, I voted for Perot, and I thought he would have shaked, really gone back there and shook their trees. Yeah, me too. And I doubt he would have remained very long. He'd have probably quit, been tossed out. But he'd have really shaken them up, and there would have been real change. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes change, you know, better or worse is good just to get rid of the status quo and think a little more fresh, just just consider new ways of approaching problems. He would have done that. Corporate America has, has learned that uh, over time. I worked at different companies that really begin to address change as a positive thing, not always negative, and, and our political establishment has a hard time dealing with it. That's right. Thank you very much for the call. I wish I could say there was somebody out there that I was really excited about. There isn't. Not a one. Except the uh, the one that you don't know about yet, maybe. Colin Powell. But who's Colin Powell? You know, nobody knows. So, can't get too excited. So, you know, I don't like that. Because I like being excited about somebody. And Pat Buchanan is as close as I can get right now. It was obvious those down in Texas liked Pat and did not much like Bob Dole. I think Bob Dole's already in trouble. I really do. You know, the major media is selling Bob Dole as the guy who's going to get it. I don't think I agree with that. I think he's being overblown and sold by the major media as the guy you're going to have to be. Right now, frankly, Pat Buchanan seems to me to be the guy you got to be. <laughs> East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Art, how you doing? Okay. Yeah, this is uh, Tracy from Fairmont City, Illinois. Yes, sir. Yeah, I just had a couple things there. When uh, you were talking about the kitty cats there, I just want to say uh, you kind of got to earn their respect. Well, what I said was that so that's how I feel about dogs it. are easy. I mean, they right. like they like anybody, mm -hmm. which is fine if you're just anybody. 
But I mean, if you if if you if you want to cultivate a delicate, complex relationship, right? Then you have a cat. Yeah. I have both dogs and cats. So really, <laughs> yes, hmm. two dogs and two cats, and they all get along just fine. I'd like my two cats to get along. They hate each other's. Well, that's not true. My big cat hates my little cat. Hates mm -hmm. its guts. Wishes it would die. Oh no. Oh yes. <laughs> and um, about that uh, van they found up in Michigan, I seen that uh, this morning on TV also. Now, what would a bunch of guys with a whole bunch of dynamite be out to do? Yeah, I kind of wondered that myself. Now they didn't say who they were on TV. When I seen it, they weren't saying anything. They just uh, said they pulled over the van and they uh, arrested a few people and they exploded the bombs. That's hmm. as far as they went. Which is kind of surprising. It but, is. I mean, there must have been a mission. Right. Yeah, to be carrying stuff like that, there has to be something wrong because they had guns and also. Really? So yeah. they, they weren't out to blow up a bunch of tree stumps or something? No, I wouldn't think so. They were probably up to something. And thank God they got caught. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it would be fun to have some dynamite. You yeah, know? but it would be awful dangerous. Well, I mean, life is full of danger. But, I mean, just take it out and blow a can higher than you've ever blown one or something, you know. Mm -hmm. fun to fool with. Why did you know what you were doing? Didn't you ever uh, blow cans into the air with firecrackers? When you're oh, there? yeah. Yeah. Well, imagine what a, you know, like a five-gallon paint can, say, and one stick of dynamite. <laughs> Put that sucker into orbit. Yeah, right. it would. Thank you very much for the call. Yeah, it'd be fun to fool with dynamite. But they don't, they don't let us do that. Too bad you can't go down to the local store and just get some fun dynamite. Can't do that anymore. Terrorists have ruined the whole thing. Something that had really put a cherry bomb to uh, to shame. There was there was a day earlier in this country when we were not so quote civilized end quote when you could go out and have fun with explosives. Does anybody talk about that anymore? No. Is it even in to talk about it anymore? No. Do I care? No. I would think getting out there with a lot of dynamite, uh, several sticks, and doing some different stuff and just playing around, having fun, be a blast. Sorry. Unintended metaphor there. Be a lot of fun. I know a lot of people think that sounds nuts, but I mean, you know, just sort of blowing some minor stuff up, that would be fun. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Uh, I'm just wondering, I'm going to hang up, and uh, I wondered if you, uh, we were cut off the other night, uh, if you were just about to get into your uh, your uh, your argument about the cat, whether it be ha better to have the cat and dog, cat or dog, and uh, we were cut off, we got into another station, and uh, I, I was ready to listen to it, I wonder if you could give me like that sort of scenario in 25 words or less uh, once I hang up. Well... How, uh, it, how it came out. How it came out? Yeah. Uh, you know, I can't offhand, I believe... I believe that the guy one uh, who was forwarding the idea of cats as opposed to dogs... Why is that? Um, well, I, I, I really... You know, I, I'm sorry you missed it. Um, yeah, well, they cut me right off at 5 o'clock in the morning here. Oh, I see. It went into... Uh, it went into this other guy who's called uh, the light of day or daylight. Light of day, or... Day, daylight, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, uh -huh. unfortunately. Well, I'm, I'm, gee, I'm sorry you missed it. Uh, um, what is your view? 
Oh, my view? Yeah. Uh, well, I had a Cocker Spaniel Art, and uh, he was beautiful. I loved him, uh, and he he passed away uh, when he was 16, and that was last year. Well, that's good ripe old age. Actually, yeah, for yeah. Dogs. He lived a full life, and he died in my arms. Yeah. And I've uh, really never, I've never had a cat. I've never had a cat, but the dog was always, the puppy was always beside me. When I'd walk in the door, and I could, I could thank him, uh, you know, a week before that, and uh, he would have still, you know, come, come back to me and started licking me all over. And uh, <laughs> I thought, as far as I'm concerned, uh, dogs a man's best friend. Really? The cats, they have their own little way. Well, Although right. I've never had a cat, so I can't say. Well, you know. see, there you are. All right, uh, now you can listen on the air. I am a cat person. Actually, an animal person. I, I really... Dogs are cool, too. But um, but they don't have the sophisticated finesse that a cat has. To be friends with a cat, you... Um, well, it's more of a... It's really hard to describe. I don't even know why I'm trying to bother. Uh, but the relationship is uh, more complex. Uh, now, is that is that one way to put it? Um, anybody... <laughs> I'm going to get in so much trouble here. Anybody can be friends with a dog. I mean, a dog is not really particular. A cat is particular. Either a cat likes you, or it does not like you. Dogs nearly always like you. Cats are more sensitive, intuitive, perceptive, clean. Uh, they are more choosy. Now, I, I know, and I don't want, really want to get into a big a brouhaha this morning about dogs and cats, but that's basically what I've got to say about it. A cat... A cat is quite not so, uh, quite, not quite as pedestrian, let's say, as a dog is. <laughs> we'll, we'll be right back. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from August 14th, 1995. to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from August 14th, 1995. Felix, ruining a lot of vacations in Bermuda, then probably headed for the U.S. mainland. Another hurricane. It's going to be a long, long hurricane season, everybody. Terrorism planned, uh, they say, at Kennedy Airport. So they're taking extra security precautions, asking people questions, searching cars, that sort of thing. Uh, if I were a terrorist, I'd just go hit another airport. We're, we sure are a big, big target in this country. And uh, somebody called me up, uh, no, faxed me last hour and said, well, 
we're letting all of these things happen so that we can become a police state. I don't think so. But it that that will be the end effect, won't it? I think the days of just going to the airport and getting on an airplane, you know, without a lot of worry, those days are gone. The O.J. Simpson trial hanging on the biggest decision yet. If they allow the Furman tapes to be played for the jury, it's going to be the end. The straw that broke the prosecution's back. Furman will be seen to be a liar if these tapes contain what they allegedly do. Furman will see, uh, be seen to be uh, a man who thought about framing an innocent black man. And do you really think it's going to take more than that to prove a uh, reasonable doubt? No. Johnny Cochran told reporters yesterday it'll be the icing on the cake for an acquittal. And they may have an acquittal even without it, but with it, I think it is a done deal. The Internet, the web... Is it dangerous? Is it a savior? Is it something that ought to be regulated or let to grow free? Is it eventually something that will become an entity itself? We talked a little bit about that. A drug. What is a drug? David Kessler, FDA guy and a recent advisor to the president on cigarettes, which he says are drugs, nicotine, and the cigarette nothing but the delivery system to the addict, says, quote, a drug is an article except for food intended to affect the structure and function of the body, end quote. That would seem to include many other things. And I ask any of you to comment on this. In Oklahoma, there was a guy who was going to be, well, actually now has been executed, but he was about to be executed, had a few hours to go, surprised everybody and said he'd like to take a little nap before the execution. He did. When they came to get him, he was unconscious at death's door, had taken an overdose of something. So they rushed him to the hospital, revived him with extraordinary methods, nursed him back to health, took him back to jail where they executed him. Now, this doesn't say much about anything except us. What does it say about us? Somebody called earlier in response to the uh, dog-cat discussion we had last week, and it produced the following facts from Aaron in Carson City. Of course, a cat has never pulled somebody from a burning building. If more mountain lions were kept as pets... Well, then we might hear of such heroic cat rescues. But there are many stories of cats waking up their owners when a house was on fire. Meow, meow, meow. <laughs> East of the Rockies, uh, you're on the air. No, you're not. Guess we lost you. Wild card line, you're on the air. Hi. Hey, Mr. Bill, mm. this is Steve Reno. Yes. I called last week. You said I could call any time. Yes, sir. I was the one, I'm the guy who gets uh, nauseous over liberals. Okay, I think that deal, that prison, I think that's kind of a, kind of a, we're going we're gonna to get our bang for the buck here, you know, we even housing you, and uh, you know, we're going to put you to death, you're not going to put yourself to death. That's number one. Number two, uh, you want to quit smoking? I will tell you how to do so. Mm. Well, you do it, 
is you figure out how much you actually smoke, okay, like you smoke a pack a day. Yeah. Every day or every couple days, you cut back a cigarette until you're down to virtually nothing. If you can, don't smoke a whole cigarette. Just smoke half of it and kind of snuff the rest of it out. You don't have to destroy the rest of the cigarette. Just kind of snuff it out. That was a technique used by my mother, and uh, it was successful. She uh, slowly withdrew the uh, uh, nicotine from her system. Well, one thing about that is it would... Uh... It cost you a lot of money. How is that? Well, I mean, if you kept smoking at the same rate and snuffed them out halfway through, yeah, you'd be costing yourself twice as much. Yeah. Well, basically, what you do is you smoke half a cigarette, and, and you and and that's the reason why you don't destroy. It. You just kind of you just kind of uh, kill the end of the cigarette, and you save it for later. No, I see. You save it for later. You, oh, I see. You don't destroy it, sir. Oh, I see. And you just, like I said, you slowly cut back, and you just, you know, if you smoke it, uh, who knows, maybe by a couple, in a couple months, you'd be, depending on how much you cut back, how fast you cut back, you'd be down to uh, uh, maybe um, a couple, three cigarettes uh, a day. Well, that's, that's a good idea. Thank you. It's as good as any other. Uh, I told the earlier audience, uh, you know I was going to try the patch. I did. And it made me sick as a dog. Oh, boy, did I get sick. It just didn't work. I mean, it did. I didn't want a cigarette. But I didn't want anything else, either. I was like a zombie. Kind of nauseated, dizzy. Finally went into bed. Uh, this was Sunday, uh, prior to Dreamland. Went into bed and just laid down. I was, oh, man, I felt terrible. Finally took it off. And what I concluded was that the cigarette that I smoke is ridiculed by real smokers. You know, it, I won't tell you what it is, but it has the lowest uh, nicotine on the market. And I think the patch had too much, and it poisoned me. So I was trying to think of all kinds of things to do, but uh, it's, you, so you can't cut the patches because then you ruin the time-release mechanism of them. So I'm going to have to get some uh, lower-powered patches, I guess. Suckers are expensive. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Um, yeah. Hi, Art. I'm calling from uh, Tempe, Arizona. Yes, sir. I had a comment about the uh, prisoner uh, that you mentioned in Oklahoma. Does that make any sense? Well, I was wondering, I wonder if the, the, the prison was actually afraid of any uh, possible legal ramifications that the, the family of the prisoner might, uh, 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 like, say, sue or something like that, because uh, the prison let the prisoner take his own life. Do you think there's any possibility in that? I guess. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't. But um, just wanted to ask you about that. So I guess they finally got him to the point, well, do you feel okay now? Are you okay? Are you ready? <laughs> All right, now it's time to die. Yeah. Can you believe that? No. Thank you uh, very much for the call. And then there was this earlier. And it seems to have been confirmed by another listener. Art, I heard at 7 a.m. today that um, in an early morning routine traffic stop in Lansing, Michigan, they found six men in black clothes in a van loaded with dynamite. They were not the Michigan militia, the report stated. Betty, Salem, Oregon. Thank you, Betty. Uh, six guys dressed in black with dynamite. Now, what do you think they were up to? Wildcard line, you're on the air. Hi, Art. Hello. Turn your radio off. 
All right. David, turn the radio off. Yeah, turn it off. <laughs> turn it off. All right, well. Hi. Hello. Um, Art, my name is Eric. Yes, Eric. Uh, um, your picture doesn't look anything like I thought it would. I'm always curious. How did you think I would look? Like, with sort of like long hair and like a mustache and a beard or something. Well, I have a mustache. Yeah. I mean, like a bigger one. You mean like a uh, like one of those twisters? <laughs> no, just like a heavy one. No, not no. a heavy one, no. I was wondering if you ever heard of the Fa-Fa-Fooey connection. No. Call the wild card lines, area 702-727-1295. I see. Uh, on the west of the Rockies line, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. It's Todd Berkeley again, KSO. Hello. Uh, about the V-chip, somebody called in earlier. Yes. I was listening to another program, and this older gentleman came up with something just really brilliant. He was uh, tying it in with this uh, UN convention that uh, Hillary's going to be going to in China. Well, that's debated. Well, no, he was saying that according to this UN Convention on the Rights of the Child, the child would have rights pretty much on equal footing with adults. The convention uh, uh, Hillary is going to, sir, is oh, women. on women. Yes, okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, on the UN Convention on the Rights of the Child, the child would be able to uh, watch whatever they wanted ostensibly. And so this V-chip would be in contravention of the UN Treaty. <laughs> I never thought about that. Yeah, I didn't either. I mean, the, the old guy had it on the ball. Mm. And about uh, drugs, yes. well, we all we all know that coffee, coffee is going to be next because it's it's been proven that they have been manipulating caffeine levels. Right. Um, well, that's about it. All right. Thank all right, you very much for the call. Well, first these smokes, they'll rip them from your hands. Then will come coffee. Surely. Um, Coffee is, by definition, a drug. Coffee, I, I don't think coffee is food, is it? Now, I'm going by the uh, uh, David Kessler's definition of what a drug is. Uh, coffee would certainly qualify, wouldn't it? It would be outside the food category, and it definitely produces changes to your body. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning, our Digger in Racine, Wisconsin. Yes, sir. I just had a question. Uh, you've been talking about your smoking. Uh, you might know the answer or maybe know a way to find it out. I read a book one time from the library. It was called Sugar Blues. Have you ever heard of it? Well, I can imagine what what it's about. Well, they the author really stated that in certain countries in Europe where they do not use sugar to cure their tobacco that there's absolutely no correlation between heart trouble and cancer and smoking. Hmm. Now, I'd be very curious if that's true. Maybe it's only necessary to change your brain instead of to give it up. Well, maybe, uh, but the active or controversial uh, addictive substance is nicotine. Well, that's the, the uh, thing they're complaining about is being addictive, but I don't think they've ever shown any correlation between heart trouble, cancer, and nicotine, nor have they ever, as far as I know, ever proved one case conclusively caused by smoking, only say that a higher percentage of people who smoke have these diseases. Now, that could be their lifestyle that's only partly involved with smoking. Well, that's true. But I'd be very curious if you have the connections that could ever find out if 
there is any truth to that statement that uh, these people that are supposedly smoking cigarettes that are have tobacco not cured with sugar do really have a difference. All right, I'll investigate it. Thank you. I'd appreciate it. I'll see what I can find out. I have no idea. I, I would have imagined the curing method not to make a great deal of difference uh, unless there's tobacco company executives sneaking into the curing vats in the middle of the night, throwing in extraneous amounts of uh, uh, nicotine, as a certain senator, I think, suspects. <laughs> West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello? Hello. Yeah, I'm on the air right now? Yes, turn your radio off. We do not screen calls. I'm, I'm sorry. This is uh, real live radio. Yeah, uh, how are you doing, Art? All right. Um, you know, I, I, my sister told me something today. She was at a party, and she uh, heard somebody. Uh, somebody told her that, uh, I don't know, you might want to confirm this, but I, she heard that Saddam Hussein um, requested a sound to Morocco. Uh, I don't know, though. That might be something... I don't think so. Um, <laughs> as you know, his sisters and defense minister, a guy who ran the war, knows all the secrets, uh, has defected to Jordan. Yeah, I know all that. I've been watching CNN and all that stuff. But, um, you know, um, she just, uh, she might she heard that. I just want to see if anybody's confirmed it or something, you know. All right. Where uh, yeah, uh, wait, one more thing. Um... Uh, you ever interviewed Bob Lazar? Yes. Uh, are you going to do it again? Possibly. Okay, thanks. All right, take care. On the first-time caller line, you're on the air. Hello, Art. Hello. This is Bob calling from Omaha, Nebraska. Hi, Bob. The mighty KFAB listening there. Hey, um, when uh, the old Hale Bob happens to come by here in a couple of years... Yes. It'd be it'd be great if NASA gets some little probe that since it's so big and if it doesn't hit the Earth, NASA could get some probe to shoot up there and land on it and just take a ride all around with it. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yes. <laughs> uh, somebody else called. Uh, we were just, of course, doing a what if. But they said, what if it really was headed to the Earth and we could do nothing about it? Well, then NASA should send up a probe and put a camera on it so that we can watch it come toward Earth. <laughs> now, would that be dramatic or what? That would be. I'm sure CNN would cover that, too. <laughs> also, if uh, the O.J. Simpson trial ends before the comet hits us, one thing I'm really looking forward to are the uh, interviews by Doug Llewellyn afterwards. Yes. <laughs> and now to Wolf Blitzer for the latest on the White House, uh, from the White House on the comet. On and, the comet. That's right. And the president would come on and say, ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing to worry about. This is uh, not a bad comet. It's going to miss. I mean, it is the one instance I said last week in which you'd want to have President Clinton in the White House, a guy who would tell you anything. Right. And then, then we'd see Hillary dressed up in her leather. Having fun with dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> now, Art, thank you much. I appreciate it. Love listening to your show. Before you leave, yeah. uh, am I right or wrong about that? Would most guys like to play around with dynamite? I know I'd like to. See? I mean, I'd, uh, just a, just a under, few of course, sticks. adult supervision. Of course. Uh, thank you very much for the call. You know, put it under a trash can. 
lot, watch it go nearly into orbit. We're talking about this. I know it sounds really not politically correct, you know, in this day and age, but I used to like to make um, bombs um, out of various things, and I, I won't describe it because inevitably some fool would try it at home and kill themselves. But dynamite is a real thing, you know, a few sticks here and there, and you could have a lot of fun. Bury it, see how big a hole you could blow in the ground. Uh, see how how far you could throw a can into the air, that kind of thing. An extension of the cherry bomb, which you can't get anymore anyway. A wild card line, you're on the air. Art? Yes. Oh, good. Uh, God, I've been dialing both numbers, and I didn't know which one I had. Uh, this is from the Phoenix, Arizona, KFYI. Yes, sir. Okay, I I heard Donna Shalala on the TV tonight mm. saying that it was illegal for kids to smoke. Now, it's not illegal for kids to smoke. It's illegal for them to buy cigarettes. That's correct. How can she say that it's illegal for them to smoke? Well, she just said it. It's not. Oh, okay. It, if they're not doing anything with the drug problem, how can they do anything with the cigarette problem. Well, it's good politics, they think. Somebody's out in left field somewhere. Well, you see, President Clinton already knows he's dead meat down in the South. They don't like him. I'm sure they don't. Okay, well, in the Carolinas and tobacco-growing country, he's not going to get many votes anyway, so he figured, what the hell? Everybody thinks kids should not smoke. It's like coming out... For motherhood. It's good. All right, I, I'm, I'm 64 years old. I started smoking when I was 13. I hate to really? admit that, but well. I did. And uh, right now, there's nothing at all wrong with me. My lungs are all right. I have no problem with smoking. Yeah, I know. I went to the doctor the other day, and he listened to my lungs. He said, you're clear. Yeah, but but, but I, I still, I want to try to quit. I want to try. Well, I... Uh, I probably, you know, if they were addictive as much as they say they are, my God, I'd be smoking about four cartons a day. <laughs> well, I'm not sure addictive in the sense that you always need more. Well, they say it's addictive. It's like the drugs are addictive. You, you, the more you, the more you take, the more you need. Yeah, but believe me, sir, if I took your, what do you smoke? Pack, pack and a half. I smoke three packs a day. Oh my. Well, if I were to take those away from you, yes, you'd become a screaming, raving maniac. I, well, I have quit for three or four days at a time. Mm, yeah, and I bet you were a scre screaming, no, raving. No, sir, I was not. Uh, well. No, my wife puts up with me. I didn't. I wasn't screaming or a raving maniac or anything else. Uh, by the way, I think uh, you're right about Buchanan uh, against Perot. Well, what do you mean against Perot? Well, I mean, I think Buchanan would be the better... Of the two. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the oh, man yes. to put up instead mm -hmm. of Perot. I, 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 I don't think that's the question. I think, is he... Thank you, sir. Is he the man to put up instead of Dole? And I would, I would rather see Pat Buchanan than I would Bob Dole. But I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not excited about either one. Completely. I have not picked anybody. 
in essence. That kind of bothers me. I wish I uh, had somebody I could go, yay, 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 for, but there is no such person yet. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from August 14th, 1995. Presents Art Bell Somewhere in Time. Tonight's program originally aired August 14, 1995. Dear Art, a few years back during an ice storm, my aunt and uncle's lives were saved by a cat. Seems the storm knocked out the electricity, so my uncle lit charcoal to stay warm. Big mistake. Both were knocked out by uh, CO gas. Their cat, in a frenzy, I woke my aunt, and she was able to drag my uncle outside to fresh air. I'm sure there are many, many such heroic cat stories around. Chuck in Charleston, South Carolina, says, P.S. It was very hot today here in South Carolina. Heat index, 114 degrees. With respect to Shannon Faulkner, even if it cools down, she won't make it a month. Hmm. We'll see. Hello, Art. Take away my beer, and I get by. Take away my smokes, I somehow survive. When, for some reason, I don't have coffee, I'm in a world of hurt. One time, when broke and without coffee, I would go to the 7-Eleven and fill my cup up and then pretend I had forgotten to bring my wallet. The clerks would then say, no problem, drop it off later. In other words, Art, this old man will do anything to get a cup of java. (laughs) Well, enjoy it while you can, sir. And then finally, hey, Art. Well, here I go. I've decided to weigh in on the cat-dog fight. In response to the facts that a cat has never pulled anybody from a burning building or saved someone from drowning, a cat, on the other hand, has never mauled a small child to death either, which happens all too frequently anymore throughout the country. By the way, the GIF uh, Comet 1 is great. Put up some stats and some documentation, maybe a text file. I think I've done that from Ivan in Lincoln, Nebraska. It is great. Uh, This is a photograph from a 90-inch telescope, and I strongly suggest that you get a hold of it. It is at least twice the size of the other uh, image that we had. It is entitled Comet1.gif, and it is on our bulletin board. 
which is open 24 hours a day. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Art, Poto, Oklahoma. Yes, sir. On the dog versus the cat. You yeah. know, I'm a dog lover, Great Dane to be particular, but a few years ago I lived in uh, Northern California, about 40 miles south of your flagship uh, station up in Medford. Yes. And I rescued, uh, <clears throat> lived in the Scott Valley, and I rescued uh, from the barn um, kind of a lame, slightly lame, Little uh, kitten, we used to keep cats up there, uh, barely feed them, keep them around and all. And I rescued this kitten, brought it down to the house. No one really particularly cared or liked it. And they somehow nicknamed it Judas, a little black female kitten. But, you know, uh, that thing would follow me out into the field to set the irrigation pipe, some four, uh, 400 feet of it. And it just bounced through that, uh, about 6 o'clock in the morning, bounced through that wet uh, oats, and it followed me into town. Uh, it would uh, sit at the back door of the restaurant. Mm -hmm. uh, unbelievable. I would call it, and if it was anywhere near my voice... It would come? It would come. Now, that, it, that, that's kind of uncat-like. Well, I never, I never really too much understood what the, what the, uh, what was going on in this cat's mind, but at night, if I left the door open, in the silly bathroom, had one of these very deep tubs with a slanted back. I'd fill that thing up all the way to the top with hot water, and I'd soak in that thing. And if that door was open, that cat would jump up on top of that little ledge there and kind of uh, skid around a little bit and fall in. And I'd have to pick it up and put it on the floor, and it'd do <laughs> it. It would do it again, and there would be like soap suds in it. And as long as it could get over next to me, it was fine. But I never and never could figure out what was in that cat's mind, maybe that I rescued it or something up there from the barn because it was uh, kind of puny and wasn't getting along too well with the rest of them. And we'd feed it, it it kind of get nosed out real quick like. Well, that's a sign of a grateful cat, sir, yes. Um, the problem I'm having is that my big cat, my 16 or 17, actually he's lost about a pound, maybe two, uh, because this new little cat of mine's chasing him all over the house. He's never had to exercise so much. And he hates her. I mean, he hates her guts. I think he wishes her dead. And um, they fight, and then at other times they sort of halfway tolerate each other. But more often than not, they fight. And so I don't know what to do about it. Uh, he's even angry at me for bringing her into the house. Now, she's a lover. She'll uh, she'll come up and she'll she'll actually hug you. It's a doggonest thing you ever saw. Climb up and hug you around the neck. She will purr. She loves human beings. She even loves him. She tries to lick him. He bites her. It's uh, really pathetic. And obviously he is spoiled. And uh, I don't know whether he's you know he's got to work this out. It's a big psychological problem. Um, east of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. How are you doing? Okay. Your phone lines are so busy, it's, it's really hard to get through. Well, I'm glad you made it. What's yeah, on your too. mind? Uh, your show is definitely the art of Bell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, the Chris, uh, crisis situations, you know, they, they terrify me more with all these, um, I don't know, uh, threats of terrorists. It's like um, like the government, like who has the most to gain from all these crisis situation, situations we're having? You know? I mean, we don't. The people don't have anything to gain. It's scary. And the smoking thing, as far as my concern on Clinton, 
Uh, I don't really think Clinton cares about kids. I think he wants these kids healthy for this new world order of government job they're going to get. Center socialism. I don't think he cares a darn about whether the kids are, you know, smoke or not. Just keep them healthy so they don't have to pay the health care bill. All right, thanks. I, I don't think there's any new world order anyway. I think it's all a bunch of baloney. There's no world new world order. Uh, Pat Buchanan got a big round of, you know, stand-up applause, and he said, when I take the oath of office, that'll be the end of the New World Order. Well, there's nothing really other than a sort of a natural progression uh, toward internationalism, and that's real. Um, and I, I think that's the problem that I've got with Pat. We can't change that. We're a strong country. We've always been a strong country. But the trend is toward internationalism, certainly economically. That's already here. You can't. What are you going to do? Are you going to stop that? Would Pat Buchanan stop international trading? Would he stop international monetary exchanges? I mean, exactly what does this new nationalism mean? I don't know. So... I like a lot of what Pat says, but for me, he's a little radical. And for me, Dole is a big yawn. And the Graham campaign has not got up and gone anywhere, even with all the money. There's just nobody out there. The governor of California, give me a break. No way he's going to be nominated. The White House keeps saying that he scares them the most. I don't know why not going to be nominated. Pat Buchanan is much more likely to be nominated than uh, Pete Wilson. I just, uh, I have no excitement out there for anybody. Very lethargic about the campaign. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Oh, Art, uh, I think only normal people played with bombs and rockets. Do you? M-80s, cherry bombs, and I remember a friend of mine almost blew his head off with a matchhead mortar. M-80s, um, they're great. Uh, I wish you could still get those, but, I mean, why not go all the way? I mean, didn't you ever wonder, would it be great to have some dynamite or what? Yeah, we used to build our own bombs out of gunpowder. Yeah. But uh, I've, I've done that. Good job. I've done that. Uh, that Stuart um, Observatory uh, common yes. image, yes. that must take nearly a half hour to download. That's a four-megapixel image, isn't it? Yes. It'd take forever to download that. Uh, no, not if you got a good modem. You, you'd really have to boost it to get that. Uh, did a few calculations. What, what, what speed is your modem, sir? Well, at 9600, I calculated it take a half hour. Oh no, you calculate wrong. You, uh, could, you, I bet you could download that in uh, under five minutes. Boy, you'd have to be screaming at four megapixels times uh, two bytes each. That's a lot of. That's a lot of bits. No, it isn't. Not uh, for, not for a month. 9600. You take that in under five minutes, guaranteed. Uh, that Hale-Bopp comet did a few calculations. The uh, I got the orbital elements. This thing, uh, is, when it's farthest away from the sun, is 300 astronomical units away, and that's about 10 times as far as Pluto. So this is far out, probably the outer range of what they call the Kuiper Belt. Yeah, it's out past Jupiter and Sagittarius, I believe. Well, it's even farther than that. 300 astronomical units is 10 times as far as Pluto. It's out really in interstellar space. Right. Well, see, that's why everybody is so concerned. It ought not look that big that far away. Well, right now it's it's just about as far away as Jupiter, and it's incoming. 
the period of this thing, if you calculate it, it might be greater than 5,000 years. So the last time it visited us may have been at the time when they were building pyramids. Well, I've heard estimates ranging from two to 3,000 years. Ah, those are refined. Yeah, it's several thousand years, though. I just did some rough numbers. Right. And uh, is Hoagland going to take a look at this thing? Oh, yes. Do you think you'll see a face on it? Well, I, not until it gets closer. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be an interesting thing, though. Even if it just gets close to our orbit, it's going to leave a lot of debris. I do agree, sir. Thank you. Uh, oh, yes. It's going to be interesting, all right. The image we've got of it is really good. It'll be in the newsletter. I'm going to just keep doing this, I'm telling you. Uh, our newsletter will contain whatever is going on, whatever we can lay our hands on, all the cool stuff. So... Get the newsletter. It's $29.95 a year, and it's worth it. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. How are you doing, Art? Okay. You know, when you first came on NPC, I was on the phone waiting for you, and I missed you by three rings, I think, to congratulate you to be the first one out here. Where are you? I'm in uh, North Hollywood, California. North Hollywood. I was I picking you up through... Uh, I'm a new listener. I think I tuned you in about... Three weeks ago through, uh, was it KDOU, or KDXU, Utah? Uh, yes. And uh, that was a hard one. But uh, Then all of a sudden, there we were. KMPC. There you were, and uh, now I'm really upset because I was a big fan of uh, Alan Brandstaters, and <laughs> you're taking most of his time up. And uh, I'm but, sorry, I don't know him. Uh, he, he knows you. He spoke very highly of you, actually. That's kind. And uh, well, he's on one of the other stations. But uh, he's in a midnight slot, too. But oh, I it's see. like every other night he's midnight, and then he comes on at like 7 every other day. Really? Yeah. Must so, be hard. Yeah. <laughs> I just wonder who, how it's going to be hard, how hard it's going to be on him, because I, I sort of plugged you over at his station. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, mind, I, didn't, I didn't give him the time slot, though. <laughs> I see. But, uh, uh, well, I'm, I'm, we're, we're very glad to be in Los Angeles, of course. Oh, it's great. It's a breath of fresh air, let me tell you. Uh, first off, I want you, you really want to quit smoking cigarettes. Well, I mean, I wouldn't go spend money on those stupid patches if I didn't. Oh, yeah. What's that, like, did you pay 160 or something? Well, no, it was, uh, what was it, about 70-something 70, 70 dollars. Yeah, I know if you're on, like, Medicare or something like that, they give them to you for six bucks. Yeah, well, I'm not. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um... But there's another, there's a way that I was sent, and I know somebody had quit this way, and they say if you just follow it, uh, supposedly 100% of the people that follow the routine quit. Mm -hmm. And what you do is you wrap a piece of paper around your cigarette pack, put a rubber band around it. Now, mm -hmm. every time you want a cigarette, you unwrap it, you write the, date, the time of the cigarette, and then you, you, you decide at that point, well, can I wait 10 minutes? And if you can, you continue, you wrap it back up, Put it away. Ten minutes later, you still want a cigarette while you smoke it. But then when you smoke it, you smoke it with your other hand. And you know how you usually smoke between your index finger? Yes. And your forefinger? Well, you, you smoke between your, your other, your pink, you know, different fingers. So you're basically, you're changing your routine constantly. That's a good point. And, uh, you know, having to unwrap it and put the rubber band around it becomes, you know, a pain in the butt after a while. But if you can keep doing it, they say within about six weeks. Why not get a big metal lock box, you know, and put your cigarettes in there and then inside another box with a combination lock that you might forget? And Well, it'll be a little hard to carry around your top pocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. But uh, 
Let's see. Gosh, there was something. I, you know, I wonder. I vacillate. I mean, I want to quit, and but then do I really? Hmm. Yeah, this is true. You know, I think everybody does deep down, but uh, it's just one. Well, I see. I was the person in my family. They they never expected to smoke. I mean, everybody in my family smoked. Uh, I'm the middle. My sister started smoking at like nine, which was horrible. And uh, I mean, it was. I was the kid that when we went on car rides. You couldn't smoke in the car. I would just get clogged up. So, oh, he's never going to smoke. We don't have to worry about him. But about the age of 16, when I first experienced my first few beers, it became uh, a little easier. Well, uh, eventually I think all smokers are going to be ethnically cleansed. Yeah, it will happen. Eventually. Yeah, it will happen. That's right. Thank you. There will be the end of smoking. And then... It is already moving uh, socially from no longer acceptable to polite or even impolite disdain. And um, eventually, I can see in a decade or two, there'll be discrimination. Really, there already is. And then when they finally got cigarettes, they're going to start in on coffee. You know they are. Coffee fits Mr. Kessler's definition of a drug. It changes the bodily functions. It is not food. Therefore, it is a drug. You know they're going to go after it. You just know they are. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. How you doing? Okay. Has anybody ever called and told you about one thing? If they happen to hit one of the last numbers wrong when you're dialing fast, what you get? What do you get? I don't know, but I hope they don't bill me for it. Well, they can't really because I'm at a payphone. But this woman comes on there and she's pretty hot. Oh, it's one of them them sex line numbers. Really? Yeah, it was just one of the last two numbers. If your finger slips off the button just right and hits, and hits the wrong number, you <laughs> can get a real interesting call. Well, uh, that is interesting. Hmm. Uh, and wonder how many people think they've reached my program when they get that. I don't know, but she comes on right away. You don't have to wait for her to answer. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, as far as O.J. Simpson goes, I'm getting tired of hearing about him. That's getting old. New Gingrich, as far as I'm concerned about him, he's an idiot. Uh, one question wait, 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 wait a minute. What do you mean he's an idiot? Give me an example of he's what... Just a, I don't know. I just, he just seems like a bimbo to me. Uh -huh. You know, if he was a blonde and a female, you know, he'd be a bubble-headed bleach blonde. Really? I, don't, I just don't like the guy. Well, I can tell. I mean, what what is it about him, though, that... I mean, give me something specific. Well, it just seems too arrogant and stuff and everything. Like, I've seen him on, what is that, uh, not CNN, but, you know, on, uh, what is that, C-SPAN garbage? Mm -hmm. And I see him on there sitting up there, you know, like old King Tut sitting up there, like that one show where he's sitting up there next to Clinton, you know, like, you know, like he's got the world by the tail and stuff, you know, and just, I don't know, I just, <laughs> just don't like him. <coughs> okay. I have one question for you, though. Yes. I don't know if you heard this one or not before, but... You know why Mrs. Clinton wears uh, all them high neck collars and stuff sometimes and turtleneck sweaters and stuff for? Why? That's so when Bill speaks, you can't see your Adam's apple move. <laughs> anyway, I'll leave you alone with that one now. All right, thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> she wears a high neck something, so when Bill speaks, you can't you can't see her Adam's apple move. <laughs> Oh, that actually wasn't bad. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. 
Uh, hi, Art. This Hello. Rob, I'm on uh, Highway 80 out of Sacramento. Hi, Rob. Hey, um, this uh, cigarette tobacco stuff? Yeah. Uh, what are they going to do next? Um, how about saturated fat? Isn't that pretty bad for you? Terrible. Terrible. Um, and the other thing on your newsletter, when are you going to start putting it on CD-ROM? Um, I don't know. That's an honest answer. I have no idea. Because I noticed some magazines are starting to do that. It's pretty neat. Well, it would be neat. It's a good idea. All right. Well, nice talking to you. All right, my friend. Thank you. CD-ROM. Gee, we could... <laughs> that is an idea. CD-ROM. Other people want it on uh, audio tape, and I've thought of that. We may get to that. Wild card line, you're on the air. Good morning, Art. Good morning. Call from San Diego. Yes, sir. Uh, about this uh, David Kessler's latest uh, statement. On drugs, yeah. Yeah, uh, it seems to me that that's a pretty broad statement or a pretty broad uh, definition. Well, it would include coffee. Yeah, it would. And I was well, what I was thinking is it would include uh, things like um, supplements and vitamins and things. Sugar? Yeah. It, it would include a whole a whole range of things that really, if, if they wanted to... Uh, you know, start regulating like crazy. They could, that could give them their their uh, open door right there. That's it. I think you've got it. Thank you very much for the call, sir. Uh, it would depend on the definition of food. He accepted that, but that's all. You're listening to Art Bell somewhere in time tonight, featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from August 14th, 1995. Somewhere in time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from August 14th, 1995. Check this out. Hi, Art. I used to work at a dynamite factory in Missouri. Yes, it is fun to set off explosives. We used to initiate new employees to the power of dynamite by giving them a demonstration. We'd take them out to a field on the plant's property and put a five-pound, that's big stick, in a, in a small pond. The charge was set off with a car battery, and the resulting blast blew water out of the small pond to a height of about a couple hundred feet. Then we took the shaken, slightly wet new hires back to carefully handle the product. Also, one amazing thing that I witnessed when dynamite was randomly tested for performance, they place a single stick on the sand floor of an open test pit and set it off, leaving only a small indentation in the sand. Occasionally, the operator would get cute and place the lid from the card box, uh, cardboard box, that's the 
dynamite uh, uh, comes packaged in on top of the stick. This created enough pressure when detonated that it blew a two to three foot deep crater in the sand. And of course, sand blasted everybody in the vicinity. See you later. Great show, Tom, in Columbia, Missouri. Yeah. You just can't do that kind of thing in America anymore. Whatever happened to the great open spaces where you could uh, take a few sticks of dynamite and go out and have some fun? Now, I, I know that sounds radical to a lot of people, but uh, it's, it is fun. Don't, don't you remember? You know, one of the best times I ever had in my whole life was going down to Tijuana, uh, where, where you could still buy cherry bombs, at least. And you go to the cliffs and throw them off the cliff. And, uh, of course, if you wait just a few seconds, uh, it never makes it to the bottom. And it, it, it explodes in midair. That was really fun. That's, that's really fun. And, um, but still, it could not compare to a good old stick of dynamite. But you just, you know, you can't do that anymore. I mean, people think you're nuts. Maybe you are. But it's one of those man things, you know. Women don't seem to appreciate it unless they can sit back in a lawn chair and watch a few nice little uh, innocent fireworks go off. They like that, but they don't like things that go boom. Guys are different. They like things that go boom, and I really have always enjoyed things that go boom. Big boom. The bigger the boom, the better. First time caller line, you're on the air. Uh, hello. Hello. Is it our bell? It is, yes. Hi. This is Heidi in Bellingham, Washington. Yes, uh, Heidi. Listen to KGMI. You bet. And I have uh, tried probably every different way there is to quit smoking, and I have a, a real proof method here. What you do is you get the Nicorette gum. Right. And you begin to you follow the directions. It's really important because you can, like, I've, hold, I've tried it, I should tell you. tried it? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, well, uh, what happened? Well... It did reduce the craving, but it tasted lousy. And, uh, oh, man, it just tasted yeah, it's pretty, lousy. It's pretty nasty. But what I did is, is I mean, you, you're going through some definite withdrawals. I mean, otherwise you wouldn't need it. So you start out chewing it like the directions say, and then what I would do is after the first week I cut them in half, and then I would only chew half of one. And then the next week I cut them in quarters, and the next week, I started adding in regular stick gum. You know, one, one other one other little problem. What? Um, I smoke more when I am under stress. Oh well, don't we all? <laughs> yes. Well, I'm generally under the most stress when I'm on the air. When you're on the air. Right. Well, the only thing that saved me, and I am now smoking again, but I quit for three and a half years using that method, was a little plastic fake cigarette that I had. Now, that might help. Yeah, while I was on the phone or driving in the car, those, those times after a meal, I'd just stick that in my mouth. I have some... Uh... I do feel like Pavlov's dog. Whenever I, whenever I pick up the telephone, <laughs> I've got to have a smoke. Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. It's your security, I guess, maybe. I don't know. I found something called smokeless cigarettes distributed by Ultratech Corporation in Drescher, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I've heard about them. Well, I mean, it feels like you've got one in your hand and in your mouth. You just better not light it. <laughs> <laughs> you mean anyway, it doesn't It doesn't light like a cigarette? I don't think so. The only other comment I have is the gentleman, the three-pack-a-day caller, 
who uh, says he can quit for several days and doesn't have any withdrawal symptoms? Yes. I think that he must be related to Clinton. He just <laughs> must not be inhaling. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. I, I, since you're a woman, I have a question for you. Yes? Would you consider it to be fun to play with dynamite? Oh, absolutely not. Uh, yeah, you've been see. watching too many Roadrunner er, cartoons. All right, thank, <laughs> thank you very much. See, that really is typical, and I'm not putting women down at all. It's just that they don't think the same stuff is cool that men do. That's all. Look, I'm, I'm not joking. I'm telling you, it would be a blast. <sighs> Sorry. It would be fun. F-U-N. Fun. I don't mean to be uh, hitting you with uh, sickening, uh, mistaken metaphors. It would be fun. And I've played with M-80s. You remember those, don't you? Silver-colored with the fuse in the middle. They're about as close as you can get without really being there. Now, somebody who knows might tell me, one average stick of dynamite, how much more of a bang does that produce than an M-80? I seem to recall somebody saying an M-80 was like a quarter of a stick or something like that. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Would you play with dynamite? Would I play with dynamite? I probably would as long as the person playing with it was very, very careful. I'm a, I'm a well, of course you're going to be careful with dynamite. It's a big bang, so you're going to be careful. But, I mean, given a couple of sticks, would you go out somewhere, well, in the middle of nowhere, and set it off? Well, sure. Sure. I'd like to see the effect. You know, it, it would be interesting. Oh, okay. Uh, I did call, though, about the Shannon Faulkner thing. Yes, really kind of got me fired up that the media is so intent on making it clear that Shannon had a problem with the heat yesterday. I'd really like to see her go through this whole thing and, and do better than a lot of the guys. I really would. I was in the military myself for a while. And it doesn't look like that's happening, though. I'm sorry? I say it not look like that is occurring. Well, that's not necessarily true. I mean, there were four men that failed because of the heat yesterday also. But out of how many? Well, how many women were there, you well, know? A bunch. But, I'm, you know, it cracks me up that these guys want to see her fail so bad. They're so afraid of losing some of their precious masculinity, masculinity you know, to see a woman now I see do why, something that they can do that's now, hard for them. Yeah, see, now I see why you answered my dynamite question the way you did. No, I truly would. I mean, my husband likes... With the fireworks and stuff, he's very dangerous with them, and and it gets my uh, energy going, and I do enjoy that to a certain extent. But um, yeah, it's just it's curious to me that guys are so blown out of proportion over this Shannon Faulkner thing. I mean, if she can make it, let her go. You know. You know why it is? It's because we don't think she ought to be there, and I don't think she ought to be there either. But why is that? Because it's a guy place. Because it's a masculinity thing. Yeah. You're afraid that she will do as well, if not better, than some of the men do. It's not true. And before it's over, they'll probably be making videotapes and calling it Faulkner's Follies. Oh. No. I, I just wish people wouldn't be so hard on the woman because... Uh, you know, what is the matter with an all-man institution? They've got all-women places, right? Are guys crashing into those? No. But this is not... Uh, this is. I think it's funny because the guys uh, like to say, you know, that 
a woman couldn't make it here. And they will say that as long as they don't give a woman a chance to make it there. That's the same thing they did with me. I had to go. I went on a hundred mile march, and when I was in the army, and it was a volunteer thing. And a couple of my male friends there signed me up for for it for a joke. So I said, okay, I'll go ahead and go through with it, and I did, and I did better than a lot of the men did. And they quit talking after that. You know, they and a lot of them were a little distant from me because they could no longer say, you know, you could never do it. You know, and I thought it was pretty funny. But uh, I'd like to see her make it. I really would. And I just called to say that. I love your show. All right. Well, thank you very much for the call. And, and uh, I don't have anything against Shannon Faulkner. I just, uh, I guess I'm sorry to see some of the traditional all-male bastions fall. That's all. And I have no joy, really, in seeing her fail. Or seeing her get in trouble or anything else. But what's the matter with having some places that are all male or all female? And they've got plenty of those. And do you see guys crashing into those schools trying to get in? No, you don't. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Uh, good morning, Mr. Bell. Hi there. Hey, um, I... Uh been listening to you for quite a bit, and uh, I've heard that you're uh, interested in UFOs and that type of phenomenon. I am. And uh, I was wondering, do you ever take suggestions for uh, guests for your uh, Dreamland program? Of course. Well, um, there's a gentleman that's uh, written uh, a fair number of books about uh, UFOs that I found uh, very interesting. Who that? Um, his name is uh, Dr. Uh, Frank E. Stranges. Oh, Dr. Strangers, yes. Uh, he came to Las Vegas not long ago, and I was going to have him on, but we never connected. Well, I do have a phone number where you can contact him. If you well, you're, you're, you're welcome. you can't give it to me now, because I, I don't want to give it over the air. Correct. So, fax it to me or mail it to me. Okay. Uh, can I get your fax number over there? Uh, you may indeed. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Why do operators always say nine? Instead of nine. Good morning, Art. What saddens me most about Mickey Mantle's passing, boy, there's been a lot of publicity, is that until the day he died, he couldn't be shaken from the notion that he had somehow let himself and his fans down. That someone as accomplished and beloved as Mantle should feel this way gives me cause to wonder who suffers the greater tragedy. Those of us who ask nothing of ourselves or those who ask too much. Rest in peace, Mick. Gene in L.A. I have been marveling at the amount of uh, publicity. But, of course, he was a big figure in baseball in the days of baseball when they really played. Sorry to see anybody's passing. Mickey apparently was worried that he had a genetic disorder that was going to kill him by 40. So he lived as though he would only live until 40. Drank, womanized, I guess, did whatever he wanted to do, and uh, died early as a result of it. Not the genetic problem, but uh, liver trouble, liver cancer. 
Wild Card Line, you're on the air. Hi. Oh, good morning, Art. This is Clayton down in Laughlin. Yes, sir. Long time no talk to you. You've been very popular lately. Yes. Um, it's interesting how you just got this call on Frank Strangers. Now, you had the one interrupt you last night about Frank as well. Yes. The synchronicity of it being that Frank is a minister, and the whole thing of Val Thor being that uh, he came to this earth with no fingerprints. He did? Val Thor being the alien. Oh, oh yes, I see. Mm-hmm. But um, coffee is a food source listed by the FDA because it, it, it um, has vitamin B in it. It does? Yes. Where according to nutritionists, uh, the coffee also depletes vitamin B out of the body. So which is it? It is a food source listed by the FDA. Well, maybe that's just so they don't have to call it a drug. Let's hope they keep it that way. <laughs> but the uh, strange thing being that uh, last year the statement by the FDA was any substance that caused a physiological change in the body was considered a drug. Now they've said except food. Right. Interesting, huh? Yes, very. Because otherwise, think of like blowfish. I mean, it's, it's a Japanese delicacy, but it is poisonous by its own nature. True. Uh, salsa. True. But coffee, definitely. Who could live without it? Not me. <laughs> so how have you been, sir? Well, all right, I, I, except for that little experience with the patch the other day. That was bad. You know, and I thought about that, and I was going to tell you that use it in moderation, almost like you would like smoke a cigarette. You wouldn't smoke a cigarette 24-7. Well, the whole idea is to put it on 24 hours, and it, it time releases into you. But if you're using such a potent... Um, version of it you may only want to use it in moderation like when you get a craving well it was a thought yeah i i appreciate that thank you i think the answer is to get a much milder version i realize now that uh what i should have done is uh i should have told the doctor look i mean i'm i'm insulted by my cigarettes they have so little nicotine in them that you know, every now and then, somebody will bum a cigarette from you. Can I have a smoke? Sure. Here you go. And I hand them one of these, and they hand it back. And they say, that's not a cigarette. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's, uh, it's a little embarrassing and uh, insulting. And so that's the reason why the patch got me, I believe. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi, Art. Hi. You know, I wanted to add something to your um, point that you made to that lady who called about... Um men places and women places. Um, I myself, when I was younger, I went to a boys' club, and um, they started letting girls in a lot, and I asked why, and they said that there was actually a lawsuit filed and that girls had to, like, be admitted to the boys' club. Yeah. Later on, I wanted to learn gymnastics, like my sisters, and um, they didn't offer it, so um, I went to the girls' club and asked them if I could take it, and they refused to let me join them because they said I was a boy. See? And so that really annoyed me. So now I get annoyed when women like rant and rave about how, how you know, how cheated they are by organizations. And you know, I myself as a child had to deal with the same thing. Yeah, you know, I wanted to learn something that they had to offer, and they refused me because of my sex. That was my exact point. My exact point. It's it's uh, it's unfair. I agree. I think that pe- pe- men should have some. I mean, there is a time and a place for racist to men. I mean, excuse me for where sexes can mix and stuff, but, I mean, everyone needs their space at some point. And sometimes men need to place together just like women do. I agree. Thank you, sir. I mean, there are some things that are just guy 
things. And I really don't care if you want to call that sexist or whatever you want to call it. It's like the gal who called a little while ago and said, yeah, she'd like to play with dynamite. I didn't believe her. She just said that because of what she was about to say about Faulkner. Most women would not want to play with dynamite. When I say play, that means go out into the desert somewhere where you're not going to hurt anybody and may blow a big hole in something or blow something way up into the air or otherwise note and enjoy the large explosion. That's a guy thing. 99.9% of the women would not want to do that. Right? But I bet you, I'll bet you 70% of the guys out there would like that. On the first-time caller line, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Art Bell. Hi. Truck driver Mike, Federal Way, Washington, listening on uh, KBI at the moment. And and you're calling for the first time? Right. Okay. Well, actually, Art, uh, you mentioned a long time ago, Bell Calls can call the first-time caller line. That's true. Okay, but anyway, I got two things. First one is OJ. I believe he's guilty ever since that DNA evidence came by. And anybody that could sit over there and let those witnesses go through you know, the torture that they're going through on the stand, that really shows me a different side of this guy to let anybody go through that because of his mistakes. But the uh, second thing is you're talking about things you do in your backyard there. Uh, have you ever seen one of those potato cannons that will shoot a raw potato uh, a couple hundred yards? You know, I heard somebody say that a raw potato could be shot through the block of a, um, an engine. Oh, I don't know about that, but this will definitely go through a half-inch sheet of plywood and a windshield. They've outlawed them in a couple of states now. But I'm sure that uh, over in Nevada, especially where you live, uh, you, oh, you can have a lot of fun with that thing. Just splat it on something. Plus, you're not uh, hurting the environment. You're, you can feed the rabbits. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and then there's, uh, as I was saying earlier, dynamite. I mean, I could imagine a few sticks of dynamite would be a lot of fun. Oh, I think it would be. But I tell you, nothing's better than seeing a... A baker-sized potato flying through the air, you know, a couple hundred yards. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of fun. But anyway, right, thanks for keeping us up at night here. All right, my friend, take care. You know, we're ruining so many things. I mean, dynamite used to be something that you would use for blowing up a stump or knocking some rocks around or something or another. And uh, nowadays, with terrorism and all the rest of it, uh, it's going to uh, take all that away, of course. No dynamite for the people anymore. I used to make bombs. See, they'll probably come get you for that, huh? I wrote about that in my book. I used to make, well, I tried to make rockets. Uh, many of them turned out to be bombs <laughs> instead, and they went off. But um, I used to have a great fascination for that. And... Uh, now, as an adult, I can imagine that, uh, you know, a few sticks of dynamite, boy, that'd be great fun. You could, of course, electrically uh, detonate dynamite the way I learned to electrically detonate other things, but I won't talk about that. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from August 14th, 1995.
listening to Art Bell Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from August 14th, 1995. Hi, everybody. It's funny, nobody's commented on the web yet, the Internet. How many of you think that eventually will turn into a sort of a being? It will grow so large with so many interconnections that it will become conscious. <laughs> Maybe that's how it will finally occur. The uh, world's computers connected will wake up one day and say, We are. Wildcard Line, you are on the air. Hi. Hi, uh, good morning, I. And to you. Um, I'd just like to start by saying I'm a great supporter of your show. Thank I love you. what you're doing with the radio, and I think you have the greatest job on the planet Earth. I do, too. Exactly. But um, I'd like to uh, ask you a question. Um, you know, as I've said, I really appreciate your show, but uh, I'm just kind of curious as to uh, why the day after the uh, Waco trials ended, why did you not really, I mean, it was barely mentioned. You didn't really speak on... The well, the day after the, the Waco... It was obviously a farce. Sir, the day after the Waco trials ended, there was not a problem. The farce part of it began when the judge uh, levied these terrible penalties on them despite the verdict, and that was uh, several days later. Do you remember? Uh, yes, I do. And there I had a lot to say. But, um, I mean, well, then I guess to get a little deep, I don't mean to... Uh, insult your integrity or anything, but I really want to kind of get a feel as to how you feel about the whole trial in general. I mean, myself, I think it was absolute garbage, and I mean, if people are to believe this, I mean, that's just an absolute insult from this total totalitarianism-headed government, and I just can't believe what they're putting on us. I mean, it's just all around us, from Waco to Watergate to Whitewater. I mean, just it's everywhere, and I'm appalled at this, but I, I really respect your show, and I just, I want to hear... Well, I, as I said, sir, I, I had a lot to say when the judge levied the penalties. You, you, you don't recall the way it occurred. The day uh, of the judgment, uh, the final judge, supposedly the final judgment uh, in the Waco trials, um, the penalty was not going to be that harsh. It was days after that, with some kind of cook charge, that the judge rendered, what was it, 20 or 30 years in prison for them? So it was cooked, and I complained bitterly about it, uh, then and now. But not immediately at the day of the trial. You've got to recall the, the uh, chronology. First time caller line, you're on the air. No, you're not. You are but a click in the night. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Uh, good morning, Art. Good I've, morning. I've uh, been enjoying your show for the last year. This is Janet calling from Phoenix. Yes, Janet. And um, I just wanted to make a comment about the uh, Sharon Faulkner situation. Shannon. Shannon. Right. That's right. Uh, wasn't she the one who refused to cut her hair? I think so, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which really, really uh, bothered me as far as her case is concerned because I, I would imagine if she really wanted to fit in in a male-oriented institution that she would be willing to do something um, as simple as that. Um, she wants to make an issue out of uh, her hair. I kind of tire of the whole thing. I tire of this whole battle 
of the sexes and women breaking into men's institutions and the whole thing. I'm tired of it. Well, I think there should be, um, you know, a reasonable separation. I mean, there are certain things that are sort of indigenous to the genders, and uh, they enjoy... Uh, participating in together. That will not be the truth in the future. We are headed toward a sort of a same-sex future, one that I want nothing to do with. Well, it, it, it's not very interesting, but, for example, I think women uh, are capable of flying planes, and uh, they should be allowed to do so with the knowledge, you know, considering the Gulf War, that all the pilots were raped. Um, recognizing uh, those drawbacks, um, women are fully capable of being pilots. But I just don't see um, this invasion by Ms. Faulkner uh, into this institution where she's not, uh, has proven herself not uh, willing uh, to participate fully. And I don't feel sorry for her. Um, I think. Uh, what happened to her today, collapsing in the heat. Uh, I hope she learns a lesson. I think she's out of shape, first of all. And um, Well, I saw her. Yeah. And I thought the same thing when I saw her. I thought, you know, this gal's a little chunky and uh, doesn't look like she's in shape, and she's going to have a rough go of it. South Carolina's got, you know, you get to an index of 114, I think they said, and that's hot. And already she's expecting special treatment. So which is it? Did she want to fit in and prove that she could do just as well? And then all of a sudden, well, I won't cut my hair. Oh, well. Anyway. I'm with you. Okay. All right. I appreciate the call. Thank you. I just have a sort of a general objection to all male-only institutions being crashed. I mean, what's the point? I guess I understand women who feel as though they cannot succeed unless they go through some of these same institutions that men go through and go through the same hell and prove themselves the way a man does and all the rest of it. But, I, oh, I don't know. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hey, Art. Hey, uh, sir. This is uh, Chuck and Charles in South Carolina. Yeah. Listen, if you're tired of this thing, you ought to see us around here. We're really tired of the Shannon Faulkner thing. I bet you are. Oh, man, I'll tell you, it's ridiculous. You know, we've got this judge here, the federal judge, that has just bent over backwards for her team of ACLU feminist lawyers. Mm. Okay. Uh, you know, first they said, like the lady said, you know, she didn't have to cut her hair. Then they cut down her physical requirements that she had, that she had to do, you know, and, and all of this stuff. And it's just... Oh, man. <laughs> you know, this, it's unreal. I guess it was pretty hot there today, wasn't it? It was real hot. I'm the one that sent you the facts on the uh, my uncle and aunt being saved by the cat. Oh, yes. And the P.S. on Shannon Faulkner. Right. And I'll tell you, you know, here's, here's the thing with it. Um, today, okay, it was a heat index of 114 degrees, okay. Um, five cadet, male cadets had to go to the infirmary. Right. Okay, there are 500 new cadets there. Okay, that's 1%, right? Mm-hmm. All right, well, 100% of the women had to go to the infirmary. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, see, this gal is way overweight, 
okay? Well, that's what I said. I saw yeah. her on camera. She looked kind of heavy. You know, and now she's been fighting this thing for two years. She's had plenty of time to get in shape, but she was really serious. What she's going to do is she's going to get in there. She's going to drop out. She's going to hit the talk show circuit. She's going to write a book. Yeah. Hey, she's got notoriety, you know? Well, I wonder if it'll work if she drops out. I mean, is it a story then that everybody would be interested in? Or will she say, I was pushed out? Oh, sure. She's going to say, I was pushed out, of course, you know. That's, that's the whole deal. But what really rubs me the wrong way, boy, she's got this team of feminist lawyers. Yeah. And they get on TV, and, oh, man, we are just really filled up here with it. <laughs> you know? Is it in the news there a lot locally? Oh, it's all over the news every day, you know. And it means, you know, the Citadel means a lot to me because I was raised on campus. And my father retired from there. And, you know, I saw the system and how it worked. And now these boys are being deprived of a single gender education. And that's the whole crux of the matter right there. Well, uh, you know, it's fairly pointed out that if a man tries crashing a woman's institution, uh, there's no way. That's it. That's not fair. That's right. The whole thing is stupid. Either way, uh, there ought to be women's only places and men only places, and that's that. Well, that's the way we feel about it. Well, okay, sir. Thank you. Okay, all right. Bye bye. South Carolina. I mean, what's. <laughs> Why not? There are things that are men only, that should be men only, that men enjoy. That women don't. Is that so wrong? Do we really wish in our society to erase those differences? I don't think so. I mean, there are many that do. I'm not one of them. Viva la difference, I say. Uh, wild card line, you're on the air. Yeah, uh, Cape, Cape Girardeau. Yes, sir. Yes, I was calling about your patch you brought. Your, uh, oh, the patch, yeah. Uh, you know they come in uh, three different strengths. I know. So you ought to try the 7 or the 14. It probably wouldn't make you sick. I know. That's next trick. But, you know, uh, they're like $58 a box, something like that. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you, probably, you should buy maybe about the 7 first. I agree. You oh, know, no. but when I went in, they did not ask me um, what strength... Uh, that's the first thing. It's like a three-month program. That'd be for the first month. Uh, the way it is is you do the uh, the strong ones first, right. then then and move down. Theoretically, you probably get down to seven. You wouldn't even need them if you made them through the first two months. Yeah, that's why they break it up. Well, all I know is it really it hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah, I would imagine you were getting too much. Your main line at nicotine, what you were doing, probably is more than your cigarettes were. Yeah, I oh I had look I, I I think I wore it for maybe five hours, and I just progressively kept getting sicker and sicker. Granted, I didn't smoke, but after a while, I was so sick I didn't care. That's supposed to make you really sick if you smoke while you got them on. Well, I'm sure it would have. I did not. I followed directions to a t to the T. <laughs> when I first put it on, it itched a little bit. That went away, and I thought, aha, I've got it made. And then I started getting sick. Are you nauseous? Yep. Hmm. Dizzy, tired, spaced out, generally drugged. 
I tried, somebody gave me some of the sevens, and I tried them. They just didn't do any good at all. Really? So I needed some strong ones. Well, good. maybe the 14s are what I should try. I think that'd be a happy meeting. All right, sir. Thank you. Yeah, boy, I was never so sick. Oh, God. It was really, it was just before Dreamland, too, and I was, uh, you know, I, I knew about an hour before Dreamland, I said, the heck with this, and I ripped it off, and I was feeling better inside of, well, I don't know, about 20 minutes. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Well, good morning, Art Bell. This is Brett in KCMO, listening to the station by the same name. Kansas City. That's right. I just had a couple of quick comments um, on the guy that tried to kill himself before he uh, got put to death. Yes. I remember when I was young, I used to try and stick a book in my shorts before I got spanked, too. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of how I relate to punishment. Um, on the Shannon Faulkner thing, I don't but, but, know. But on the other hand, dead is dead. Well, depends on your belief system. A lot of people believe in a higher power. So we're just punishing someone to go on to be judged for what they did for their whole life. Well, would you imagine his judgment to be any different uh, should he have killed himself uh, or, or, you know, gone in the chair or whatever? It depends on how God looks at somebody's heart, not how we look at it. We're just punishing him for the crime that he committed that he got caught for. We're not punishing him for his whole life. We're just punishing him for one crime. Right, but what I mean, when he gets up to the pearlies and he's judged, I would think no matter how he got there, if he had committed a murder, he'd be judged. Well, God doesn't say just because you commit a murder means you're going to go to hell. That's true. He, he says you've got time to atone for all sin. The only sin that he says you don't have time to atone for is if you turn your back on him completely. But you know what? I just don't, I don't buy that. That's part of religion that I have a problem with. I mean, you murder somebody senselessly or take their life or torture somebody to death. You go to trial, you go to jail, you march down toward the electric chair, and just before they throw the switch, you say, gee, I'm sorry. No, that's not... God looks at somebody's heart. Not, or even not you say, what they say, well, or you even ex say, I accept you, God. Well, that's see, that's totally different from what the Bible says you have to do to atone for a sin. If you're just doing it to get out of it, God knows your heart and says, look, I know what you're trying to pull here. Yeah, good point. I mean, God's smarter than we are. And yeah, you're right. It's he, like a parent. He would know. You. Yeah, he would know. Quickly on the Shannon Faulkner thing, I don't know why women feel the need to compete with men in men's institutions. It, uh, I think a lot of the feminist movement has tried to make women feel inferior, and I think that's why a lot of this is happening. Women aren't inferior. They're, they're not. They're just different, different, damn it. And Clinton doesn't have a chance. He's got about the same chance as Dukakis has. Oh, you're wrong. Uh, you're wrong. I don't, even if Dole runs against him, I mean, why would somebody say let's let's not? Dukakis, vote? Dukakis was a dumb campaigner, a silly campaigner. Uh, Clinton is smart. Well, Clinton is a dumb president. Yeah, but he's a good campaigner. Well, that's that's. I won't deny that, but I think we've had had our fill of him already. Just after two years. I wish I believed you. <laughs> I, I thank you for the call, God. I, I really wish I believed that. But Clinton, Clinton is one of the best campaigners the country has ever seen. I admit that. He's really, really good. He is. I call him the monster from the id. He's the guy that we have created by, in essence, demanding somebody tell us what we want to hear. Well, we finally got our wish. We got Bill Clinton. 
and he will do it again, versus Bob Dole, who would not do that. Bob Dole would not be an energetic, go get him, respond immediately kind of, he just wouldn't be a good campaigner against Bill Clinton. I'm sorry to have to say that, because Bob Dole is a good man. Bob Dole is a good man. He is uh, a compromiser, more than I would have him be, but he's a good man. And by the way, if Bob Dole does not run or is not elected, that will be the end, that will be the last possibility. This country uh, will have a World War II veteran in office. That'll end it. Have you ever thought about that? World War II era people, vets or not, bring with them a certain ethic that no future president will have. Have you thought about that? I have. We'll be right back. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Yes. In response to the blind gentleman's call last week and question if ADA had gone too far. Yes. Well, I think it has. Uh, whatever happened to blind, deaf, and dumb? We now have vision impaired, the sight deficient, uh, hearing impaired. I think the gentleman was very honest when he said that he was blind. And when he asked if ADA had gone too far... Why do we have Braille instructions that drive up windows? And why does the post office have a sign posted that no dogs allowed except seeing eye dogs? I'd say that ADA has gone too far. Well, I'm not disturbed about the uh, no dogs but seeing eye dogs. Why should a, a blind person be barred from going into a post office or really anywhere else? for that matter. And so I'm not concerned with that. As far as Braille at drive-ups, I think that is an urban American myth. I don't think I believe it. Um, I even think it approaches a joke. Why would they have Braille? No, I don't think so. I don't believe that one. It's going to have to be proven to me. First time caller line, you're on the air. Yes, hello, Art. Hi. Yes, uh, congratulations on your 200. Oh, thank you. Yes, this is uh, Patriot Mark from Honolulu. Yes, sir. And uh, I'd like to comment a little bit about, well, first of all, real quick, if I could, I was wondering if you could ever put in a queue system on your phone lines. What do you mean? So where the, the callers, when they call up, uh, they would know that they're on hold and they'd be, they'd be given a number, say you're you know, 15 or 16, and then... Instead of being hung up on and having to keep calling back, which only helps speed dialers, you know, then at least we could hold on and we'd know eventually we might get on. I could do that, but say from where you are there in Honolulu, that would that would cost you a fortune. Uh, yeah, but it might be preferable to you know <laughs> fighting with the redial button Not... and just missing out every time. Well, then everybody would get angry at me when they got the phone bill. I mean, actually, if you want to know the truth, given, uh, say, five phone lines, your odds of getting in are just as good 
by continuing to dial number-wise as they are if you call in and get finally get past the busy and get put on hold. The odds are no different. The only thing is you'll end up getting charged a lot of money. Well, yeah, you may be right, but it's uh, anyway, it's a sign of your popularity. It's hard to get through. Well, I, I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> anyway, I, I wanted to bring up, um, you were talking about, uh, you know, the Citadel and our institutions, and it seems like our institutions in the Western world are under continual attack. They are. Yeah. Listen, uh, I have got a newscast. Now is your chance to uh, go on hold. What, what okay. do you say? All right, stand by. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from August 14, 1995. Presents Art Bell Somewhere in Time. Tonight's program originally aired August 14, 1995. Jacob in Bakersfield, California asks If drugs are not food by definition, what about pot brownies? <laughs> oh no. Art, did you hear the one about the good old boy who asked the sheriff to go fishing? Well, when they get out on the lake, the good old boy opened up the tackle box, pulled out a stick of dynamite, lit it, and threw it in the water. The sheriff, <laughs> the sheriff responded, you can't do that. Well, the good old boy lit yet another one, handed it to the sheriff, and said, you're going to just sit there, or are you going fishing? <laughs> I, just <laughs> I just heard... Um, the news, the Associated Press news at the top of the hour. And uh, they're already talking about the hurricane headed toward North Carolina. It's still way out there. And, you know, they're giving out these big warnings about how you shouldn't go into the water now. But that's exactly the time. It's the most fun to go in, not when there's a full-blown hurricane there, but when the surf begins to really get going from a hurricane churning out somewhere. That's the most fun. That's the best time. I tell you, we're losing track of everything in this country. Now, I'm not trying to say go out and go uh, surfing in a hurricane. But when a hurricane is out there pushing the waves, and you're really getting some real rip-snorters coming in, you know, waves about the size of a house, that's a lot of fun to go out in those. Well, back on uh, in Hawaii, you're on Hawaii, actually. You're back on the air. Yes, sir, and uh, we're just hoping that we don't get any out here either. Oh, well, sure. But, yes, I mean, do you, and, uh, do you know what I'm saying about when the hurricane's way out there? I, we're getting too careful about everything in this country. Can't play with dynamite anymore. Can't go out in the water. Just 
Yeah, well, in the old days, we didn't have much warning, so it just sort of hit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you run for the hills. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, I, on the point I wanted to bring up about how the Citadel and the different institutions uh, we've seen come under attack in this country, um, it, it seems like they're all from our old, our Western civilization, the, the Constitution, you know, you name it. And what you were saying earlier, how you felt that the international um, coming together, the global economy, which we've all seen come together, is, yes. is inevitable. Yes. Well, that has to lead to a political uh, solution at some time or another. I, economics I agree. is the first way. I agree, but and, uh, it's a long way away. Well, yeah, but there is a, I, I believe there's a critical mass building. And I think if you look at the internationalism uh, through the U.N. and the different organizations from 1945 to today, you see almost a, a parallel between that and the, on the gradual erosion of our institutions and respect for them. And, you know, our Constitution is, I don't think people really appreciate how many uh, thousands of years that it took the, the greatest minds that, that could come up with a document that could symbolize individual liberty and realize that that came from a creator and not from a man-made instrument. Well, the best way to realize that is travel. Oh, definitely. And and if you look in the rest of the world, you see that hardly anywhere, even Europe is going more towards uh, socialistic, you know, a, a European Union. Mm -hmm. And, you know, China is, is horrible. China... Uh, China is never going to change. I'm convinced they are. They, it is ingrained in their people that they are very subservient, much like the Japanese. And I believe we're feeding we're feeding the dragon directly. I mean, Hitler in Germany relied on the West to provide him with the capital. He would have never been able to uh, accomplish what he did without that capital. And we're doing exactly the same thing now in the belief that they're going to change. Okay. Well, China is a little farther down line. What about Russia? Tell me what you think will occur there. Now, commun I, communism uh, as they knew it is gone, replaced by, I don't know well, what it is. Well, I believe it's been replaced by this, you know, this word called democracy, which is, really has lost all its meaning. Democracy, Gorbachev himself calls for world democracy. And, you know, I'm, you can say what you want about Gorbachev, but I believe he's a socialist to the core. And this is, democracy is... Democracy is a system that Hitler came to power in. Oh, I, the people I, elected him. All right, sir, listen, I do now have to run, but I think you're wrong. I think Gorbachev is a communist to the core, not a socialist. Charlie, who calls this show, he's a socialist. Gorbachev is a communist. I mean, to me, there's no question about it. He can say whatever he wants to say. He is, and he said so to the world. I remember when he said so. He is a communist. East to the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning, Art Bell. How are you? Fine. Where are you? I'm in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City. Yes, sir. Well, I just wanted to call, and uh, I called about a week ago about the guy with the, or the leg that they had found in the bombing. They still have not identified it. Well, they haven't, but they, they've got a... Some people are saying there used to be a one-leg vagrant. They used to go in there and bathe and shower up in their bathroom. I'm hearing that, yes. And that's what they're saying about that. As far as the the prisoner that killed himself so they could kill him again? Yeah. Well, they're investigating that. So that's still up in the air, too. What do you feel about that? 
I think they should have left him dead. I mean, why waste the electricity or the drugs just to kill him again? I, as I was saying, that says something about us more than it does him, and I'm not sure what it says about us. Well, I'd, it, it makes you it makes you wonder what, what was the use of having him in there for if they if, to kill him and waste the money to bring him back to life. I, I don't understand why. I, they want I, I have no answer. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> I mean, I really have no answer. There, it's some sort of sociological weirdness in us. Yep. Uh, I don't know what it is. Thank, thank you very much for the call, Oklahoma City, WKY. You tell me, why would we resuscitate somebody, bring them back from death's door, to get them healthy enough to execute them? I just, it's a... Mind-boggler. And it's us. I guess it's the bureaucracy. Maybe it's the doctor's Hippocratic Oath. Maybe once they found the guy, the doctor had no choice. Well, yes, they did. They didn't have to resuscitate him. It just makes no sense. First time caller line, you're on the air. Yeah, I gotta turn off my radio. Yes, you do. Click. Yeah, my first time caller from Seattle. Seattle, yes, sir. Como? Uh, yeah, XKVI. Um, <laughs> quarter stick of dynamite. I we buy a dynamite out here by the well, good fireworks from the Indian reservations and M two thousands is what. Uh, we usually get we call a quarter stick dynamite. You can get an M two thousand. You can buy that up there. Oh yeah, twenty bucks. You're kidding? No, they're real fun. Um, uh, I live in Nevada where they've got fireworks, and we can't get those here. Well, I'm not going to tell you how you do it, but they're very, very beautiful people, and they know how how to have fun. And I have another the, thing. To the do American with. native, you mean? Pardon. You're talking about American natives? Yes. Uh-huh. Um, I have also one other thing to comment on. I saw um, an article that uh, someone was coming up with wrapping radioactive barrels with uh, glass to insulate them, and then they would bury them, and basically it would uh, encase the radioactive material uh, right. away from the environment. And, right. you know, no water, no, they just don't leach. I got you. Why, why aren't they doing that with Hanford? Why aren't they doing that? You know, why aren't they studying that more? It seems like they're just having more and more problems with how to get rid of it. Yeah, I don't have that answer. Hmm. Um, also on uh, the woman that's going into the... Uh, Shannon, Shannon Faulkner. I, I, yeah, I think it's great that she's attempting it, but I think it's kind of um, odd that... You know, you see most of the gentlemen that go into the uh, Citadel, and they're they're quite well defined in their body. And then you see her, and kind of wonder. You know, I I'm I'm glad that she is able to. Um, you know, she was accepted, and they say she has all the requirements. But it, when I first saw her a couple days ago, I I I, I just seems just kind of strange. Well, let me put it to you this way: if she does make it through, which I think is questionable, she will look very different. 
They will work those pounds off, believe me. She didn't look in shape, I agree. Kind of chunky, not at all ready for what they were going to put her through. And, um, of course, you carry a little extra poundage. Uh, you don't tolerate that kind of heat and humidity very well at all. At all. So, I don't know. I'm just sorry. I'm, I'm really sorry. Uh, let me see. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Uh, yes, Hart. Yes, sir. Uh, my name is uh, Jim from uh, Owensboro, Kentucky. Hi, Jim. Uh, I just want to know if I could talk about the tobacco issue. Sure. Uh, well, I kind of basically feel uh, Bill Clinton's trying to lean over from one political issue to another. Uh, he doesn't seem like he's accomplished too much on the health care issue. And, uh, of course, he did say at one time that uh, either he or the First Lady did say at one time that they were going to use tobacco to fund the health care policy or plan. Yeah, they planned to tax it a dollar or, as a matter of fact, at the beginning they were talking about $2 tax per pack. Yeah, and I didn't understand that. And I don't know if you'd remember early last fall or maybe late last fall when they burned the... Uh... Ask yourself this, sir. Yeah. Just for the fun of it. Let's say they managed to get their tax. Two bucks a pack. Okay. And all of a sudden, the government was making a ton of money from cigarettes. All right. Would he have come out the way he did the other day? More than likely not. Yeah. Uh, I believe that basically uh, all this is right now is a witch hunt on the tobacco company. Uh, as far as a $150 billion, or, excuse me, million-dollar uh, price tag for them to keep uh, people from smoking... You yeah. know, te teenagers, of course. I don't believe in that, of course. But I also believe it was a witch hunt because they did, of course, in the Salem witch trials, believe everybody was witches. I so, do have a, I do have a question. You're in tobacco country, aren't you? Yes. If they were to uh, completely make tobacco in America illegal and it was an illegal crop treated like pot, you know, with BATF agents burning fields and that kind of thing. All right. How much would it hurt the economy of the Carolinas, uh, uh, Kentucky there, and so forth? Uh, it would considerably tear this town apart where I'm living at. Because uh, at least uh, the, the majority, if not more than half of this town, is basically raised or gets a lot of money from tobacco. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's all I could say about that. Uh, as far as Clinton, he's getting carried away. He's going too far to the extreme. And uh, he needs to change his policies because about fall of last year, that's when they burned the first lady or at least a, uh, a mannequin of the first lady in this town. Burned, like her, burned her in effigy. Right, there you go. So the, the Clintons are not real popular right now in Kentucky. Uh, no, they're not. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as Kentucky, you know, and as I'm a registered Democrat. I registered Democrat when I turned 18. Ah. But the thing about it is the way Clinton, and I'm only 23, of course, and the way Clinton's been going, I'm looking for another candidate to fill that office. I'm and, curious. Who would you rather have? Well, I've been listening a lot to your program, and that's what's been cluing me in on uh, looking for different candidates. and. I really like Pat Buchanan. Uh, I like what he stands for. 
And believe you me, uh, my family, we've been a diehard Democrat for a long time. And, uh, you know, as far as keeping anything underneath my hat, I wouldn't have anything to be ashamed about if I pulled the lever, lever down for Pat Buchanan. I thank you for the call, sir. Now, there's something to think about. I would imagine Pat Buchanan would have some appeal across the South right now. Or perhaps even strong appeal. I think that the press in America right now is misleading us. I do not believe the polls that say uh, Bob Dole is as far ahead for the nomination as the media says. I think we're being lied to. I think we're being misled, intentionally so, and I think Pat Buchanan is receiving a big disservice because I think he's a lot hotter right now than Bob Dole ever uh, will be. We'll be right back. On the first time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Yes, Art. Yes. This is Mike in Milwaukee. Hello, Mike. Love your show. Thank you. I've hooked about two months ago, and now I've got time. Yet, so. You have also a portable telephone, don't yes, you? Yes, I do. I can fix that if I have I got a uh, real funny one for you. All right. This can go on your I don't believe it uh, news. Well, that's a big list I've got there. <laughs> this is, uh, I won't mention the name of the town, but this was on the news today. This man came up to his vacation home and found the door was forced open. Right. And found two kids inside with handcuffs around their wrists. They'd eaten a pizza of his and drank a 12-pack of soda. And he decided he was going to get his own back. He threatened to break their arms unless they painted his kitchen. <laughs> and they painted his kitchen. They did? They did. He took him into town. They escaped while he was trying to take him into the police station. They were caught shortly thereafter. But it turns out these two teens were runaways, and they escaped the police the night before. Is he going to be charged with anything? Not at all. The police are chuckling when they're asked for a comment. <laughs> yeah. They're probably sitting there saying, you know, imagine what the squad room talk is like, you know. I mean, they're thinking, you know, what if we did this? The ACL, you would be all over us. Well, it's true. I, I wonder what they could charge him with. It sure, it sure would have been nice to see looks at their faces, though. Some kind of slavery, maybe, or... Uh... <laughs> Well, oh, he, he said he got good value out of it, out of a pizza and a 12-pack of soda. <laughs> That's great. Figured you want to hear that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you told it. Thank you. <laughs> oh, there's another good one. Uh, how many of you would do something like that? I mean, uh, catch somebody in a fairly reasonably minor kind of crime and uh, turn it to your own benefit. Make them, uh, at the point of something or another, uh, do some work. I wonder if they'll charge him. First time caller line, you're on the air. Oh, my, I got in right away. Yes, you did. <laughs> uh, well, congratulations on your 200. Thank you. Let me cut the radio off. Yes, where are you? I'm in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Tuscaloosa? Yes. Good. Uh, <laughs> and I'm Joanne. Well, welcome. Well, I've enjoyed your program for about six months. Thank you. Well, I was just listening to you talk about uh, Sharon Foster and the Citadel. Yes. And we were talking about that tonight at work. There, I'm a nurse, so we're all women that work in there, and we had about one person that said they agreed with her going, and about seven people that said they didn't agree with her going. Uh, so I don't think it's a sexist 
thing to say that she shouldn't be there. I just think that uh, it's like you said, there should be places where boys and girls can go if they want to have a same gender, you know, education. Yes. Yes, and, uh, you know, if you have an all-man's military training facility, um, there's something special about it, and, you know, she's going to change some of that, that's all. And well, it's, it's not, it's, I, I don't like it. I don't either. If she, if one of the guys asked to not have the haircut, I don't think they would be able to get away with it. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> When I went in uh, to the Air Force, uh, it wasn't called. It wasn't a haircut. What they did is they took a thing and went. Zzz, 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 <laughs> next. <laughs> well, anyway, I just wanted to call and tell you I enjoyed the show. Thank you. Okay. Take bye. care. I'll never forget that. That that literally is how they did it. <laughs> Maybe there were four of them, and then all your hair was on the floor. And uh, it sort of slowly began to grow back in. You went out kind of going like, wow, 20 pounds thinner. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Art, this is Bill up in Reading. Hi, Bill. Uh, I was going to call you on Dreamland. Uh-huh. And there is something big that moves across the sky from east to west. Mm-hmm. And at first I thought, well, maybe it's a the moon? meteorite or something. Oh. Because it's it's traveling at an ungodly speed. It takes uh, to cover from, I'll say, trees from one side to the other. Can you, can you hold on through the uh, break? Yeah. All right, good. Because I've got a fax here that will interest you from Tacoma. David in Tacoma about UFOs. I'll tell you all about it in a moment. You're listening to Art Bell Somewhere in Time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from August 14th, 1995. Listening to Art Bell somewhere in time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from August 14th, 1995. <laughs> Good morning, everybody, and welcome back. <laughs> oh no! Somehow, my little, uh, my new little cat shadow has managed to sneak in here during my break. Great. <laughs> Come here, shadow. Come on. 
one's angry at me. The little one, uh, the little one just loves me to death, and the big one used to be the buddy of my life, and now not. Yep, here we go. West of the Rockies, you're back on the air. Thank you for waiting. You're welcome. Um, what was the facts you were going to read? Um, oh, that's right. Uh, check this out, sir. Dear Art, just a quick note of interest for your information. UFOs are being sighted all up and down the Washington coast tonight. I and five others saw one tonight. Source of info about coastal sightings is the National UFO Reporting Agency, David in Tacoma. So, a lot of sightings. Uh... Are they, is it something more like a presence that is there that uh, you, you feel it more than you see it? And I've done some checking on this. I used to be in, uh, in missiles and stuff in the service. Yeah, well, these are ones that people saw, sir. Well, this, this you can see blacking out the stars going across the sky. It just... It blacks out whatever you can't see any actual shape to it. Mm -hmm. It just blacks out and then it's gone. Yeah, and uh, it's a government uh, project. Now, how do you know that? Well, I done some checking in some people that are still in the service at that. And they told you. And they told me. They and broke their security uh, pledges and told you. Well, evidently, it's not as top security as uh, it's supposed to be or something. Anything that would black out the stars, sir, would have lots of security with it. It should. Yes, it should. I know that when when we worked it, uh, there was a very high security on what we'd done. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me secrets? Uh, like what? Well, I don't know. You said you were in high security, right? Right, I carry so, class one clearance. So tell me some real dark secret. Well, we've got we've got a ship that's being worked on right now that will take off, uh, normally aspirated from any airport. It'll go into the ionosphere, refuel itself in the ionosphere. With what? With the ionosphere itself, from the particles from it, and go into outer space. Well, I guess you can expect some guys knocking on your door. <laughs> Thanks for the call. I, I don't know if I believe that. I mean, refuel what? Ionospheric what? I don't know. You hear all the people like this say these things, but, you know, who really knows? Our, our, our local baseball team here in Seattle is giving the voters of our country an ultimatum. Either give us $268 million, a 1% tax increase, for a new outdoor stadium with a retractable top, or we'll sell the team next season. Nobody likes being pushed around up here when it comes to our sports teams, especially since none of them seem to go very far, if at all, in the postseason. Tell Nintendo of Japan to go ahead and sell them. Matt. In Washington. Hmm. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Art. Yes. Roger in Greenwood Village, Colorado. Yes, sir. I will give you an explanation on that Oklahoma thing that I heard in the air. Yes. That there's a Supreme Court ruling that you must, before you can be put to death, you have to be aware of why you're being put to death. Well, he knew that when he tried to commit suicide. Well, 
I mean, come on. The guy's sitting there on death row. He knows why he's there. Well, but when the state puts him to death, he has to be aware of it. That's a Supreme Court ruling that makes about as much sense as some of the other things they do. Yeah. Where's your 200th station? I missed that. Um, L.A. Oh, great. Not bad, huh? Terrific. Enjoy your show. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Where's my 200th station? How could anybody have missed that? Hmm? On the first-time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. Hi. How are you, Mr. Bell? I'm okay. I'm in high dungeon and distress. You... I'm, I'm really, really unhappy. Uh-oh. And maybe you can help me. Will your antenna thing bring me uh, Dreamland from Las Vegas when they're putting the bowling show on? Did you know they do that to us? Yeah, about halfway through, they go to bowling. I can't believe it. I don't want to disparage all bowlers, but can you imagine interrupting Dreamland for bowling? Well, uh, it, it it would be a bit of um, a shock to the system, I'm sure. I mean, well, it's, it's quite a switch. Uh, I'm eating pig nodules by the handful. I'm so upset. I wanted to call you last night. My father was at Roswell. Oh, he was? Yes. Uh, and I'm still angry at him because he died on me and he didn't tell me everything he knew and I miss him dreadfully. Did I, he did he tell you anything? Yes. My father was a Navy flight surgeon and he won the war in the South Pacific and all of that. He was a Navy captain and an M D and a very fine surgeon and a very fine pilot. When he came back from winning the war for us, uh, he was detached to the Marines and ran Marine wings and stuff all over the South Pacific. Anyway, when he came back Instead of getting back out of the Navy, he was sent to Washington. We never knew why. I was 17, 18 or so. Uh, in 1947, he came home briefly, said that he had some duty in New Mexico, and I remember so vividly my mother just looked at him. I'm, I'm sorry. We're going to have to interrupt your uh, story right now to cover uh, Frank Cox, who's going to try to make a split spare. <laughs> I love it. Well, if it's Frank Cox, that's all right. <laughs> I don't know who Frank Cox is. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. C- continue. But anyhow, Dad was in New Mexico. We didn't. We. I, I think my mother thought he was having an affair with someone at the time because uh, there's no Navy in New Mexico. Right. Uh, he he died in his 90s, a little over a year ago. Sharp as a tack, like everybody in my family is. We live forever, and uh, we, we keep our minds. We lose our bodies because we keep our minds. Dad had told me about 20 years ago, uh, when we were talking with some of his, his buddies, some Navy buddies, all of them were, were physicians, as, as he was, uh, that there was an awful lot to it. Uh, the subject came up. He was at the autopsy. Now, I don't know if he performed it, because he didn't tell me that. But he told you he saw it? He saw. He saw. Wow. Now, he's in his 90s, uh, and I'm asking him about it, with all the recent flap. Nobody was more pragmatic than my father. I mean, he was was an agnostic. He was a scientist. Uh, He did not believe in little green men from Mars, quote, Mm -hmm. unquote. Uh, These beings were non-human. He said they were the size of 12-year-olds. He said they were asexual. He believed they were clones. Boy, that's an awful lot like the photos we've got. I've got to run, ma'am. Thank you very much for the call. Um, 
There are various places you can hear Dreamland from Las Vegas. You might try uh, 1510 KGA in Spokane. You might try 780 uh, Reno. You might try, let's see, does 890 carry Dreamland? I'm not sure. From St. George, Utah. Um, there are a number, uh, you might try... Uh, uh, you might try Portland, KEX 1190. It would depend on a lot of things. You might try uh, San Diego, 600 on the dial. There are a number of places you might find it. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hey, how are you doing? How you doing? Pretty good. This is Brandon if you want. Brandon, okay. Turn your uh, radio uh, off, Brandon. Thank you. I would say I like your show a lot. Thank you. I listen to it every night. Uh, if I had some dino, I know I'd blow it up. How old are you? Fifteen. Fifteen. Uh, now, what were you going to blow up? Dynamite. If I had some dynamite, I'd go out and feel blow it up. Uh-huh. I like, I like fireworks and stuff like that. I like fireworks, too. Have since uh, I was younger than you, Brandon. And uh, it's just, I guess what I'm complaining about is that we're over safe, Brandon, with everything. Um, and I, uh, there's nothing wrong with safety, but, you know, when a hurricane's out there and the surf is really up, it's fun to go out. Um, if you've got something that goes bang, it's fun to take it out and play with it. These are guy things, and gals generally don't, with the exception of one who called, who I didn't believe, don't believe in it. Um, on the wild card line, you're on the air. Hey, let me fix my radio. Yes, turn it off. It's gone. Good. Hey, um, that guy that called about how you should uh, put people on hold and all that stuff. Yes. He's wrong. I know. I just went through this crap last night. Your show was a rerun, and there was nothing else on, so I was flipping through the radio. And I hit this place in San Diego, uh, San Diego, I think, or Santa Rosa, California. Anyway, this is Alan from Sassoon. And they uh, were talking about legalizing drugs and all that, so I was pretty interested. And I got through with the screener, and he put me on hold. Hmm. So I sat there, and I sat there. Hmm. And like two cigarettes later, I was like, well, what's going on? And I gave up. So your way is much better. Well, it is frustrating if you have to keep recalling, but the the point is, if you oh, get not. through, then then you just uh, you're charged for only that. It's not that big a deal. I mean, I'd much rather have somebody tell me, "Oh, you're done," than to leave me sit there forever. Sure. And one more thing for all those people with trouble with the radio, but they still want to hear themselves on the radio. Just have your little tape recorder set up. As soon as you answer, push. Yeah, you have it set up so it's on pause. I don't recommend it because um, you'll listen back to your own voice. You, right, you, right. I understand. That's what that's what I'm getting at. You're not going to like it. Yeah, you you have your tape recorder set up. So I understand. All you have to do is push one button. If yeah. you really want to hear yourself on the radio, right? But it's a bad it. idea. Oh, it is. Yeah, because you'll think you sound terrible. Oh, well, I'm well aware of that. <laughs> that's why you I, have the. I, where you get paid for this. That's, that's right. I don't listen to my own voice. I don't listen to my own show. I don't do it. I can't handle it. Thank you very much for the call. For some reason, uh, listening to my own voice kills me. And if you doubt that I'm... Uh, try it. Go ahead. Do what he said. Call me up. 
and record your call and listen back to it. You'll be sorry. Wildcard line, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Art. Out here in uh, your 200th station, KNPC. Yes, sir. Uh, a couple weeks ago, they had a uh, emergency expo in Long Beach, and I went on a Friday. Supposedly on Sunday, they had a, uh, a group of people picketing the thing. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but they had uh, speakers like uh, Nancy Lord, who was the Libertarian candidate in 1992 for vice, vice president. Vice president, yes. Right, and uh, Larry Pratt. He was really a nice guy. Oh, I've had him on the show. Yeah, I remember that, and I got to ask him a lot of questions. But uh, people like Mark Cornkey and Bo Greitz. Mm. And supposedly uh, these people were picketing Sunday against us because, you know, they had some militia people there, and they're going to cancel it next year. I can't believe, you know, there were some people that, uh, it was mostly, you know, working class people there, and it wasn't really a radical um, you know, convention of people. Well, Bogreitz has people that surround him and follow him that um, I think harm him. True. Okay, and those are the people I believe that are probably being picketed, and I don't disagree with it. Yeah. Hey, one other thing, mm-hmm. since you watch the news and on the wire and stuff like that, the uh, in September of last year, uh, Hillary Clinton and a guy named Ira Magaziner were supposed to show up in court and answer to charges that they had. Uh, that one is still bouncing around in the courts. But I wonder how long can they put a continuance on that, because they put a continuance to December last year. And I'm going to guess as long as Paula Jones is held at bay. Eh? <laughs> okay, I believe you, Art. Thank you for the call. Have a good morning. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi, Art. Hello. This is Bill in Salt Lake City. Yes, sir. Uh, a couple of things. Um, first of all, on Shannon Faulkner, yes. uh, different perspective. Uh, my wife used to be a feminist. She now hates them. Um, I don't. I don't think. It's Why? The, well, it's not just that they seem uh, sort of hell bent on uh, destroying men. It's also that they seem hell bent on destroying women. Um, Good point. Everything that uh, the women are, the feminists seem not to want to be. Which is everything that I love about women. Me too, which is why I married my wife. Well, um, yeah, but she must have been a feminist when you married her. Uh, she was when we met, and, <laughs> and kind of became less and less so as she kind of figured out what was going on. I see. Um, also, on these uh, opinion polls, yes. um, uh, you've heard the old saying, there are three kinds of lies. Lies, damn lies, and statistics. Mm. Uh, I think that really applies in this case. You can shape an opinion poll to say anything you want it to say. I do not believe that Bob Dole is as popular as they say. Uh, I, I don't know anybody that likes him. Yeah. And I know a lot of Republicans. Um, I, I, I don't happen to be one. I don't claim allegiance to any political party. Um, two, two things really quickly. On Hale-Bopp, yes. um, I don't know if anybody's pointed out to you or if you've thought about it, um, if it's if it's a thousand miles across, it's not a hundred times bigger than Haley's comet. It's more like a million times bigger because we're talking volume, not oh, diameter. Oh, well, that would depend on its physical uh, makeup. In other words, is it a big round rock? Sure. 
Sure, but it, or is it is, it is it like a cosmic rock that you would skip across a pond? It, yeah, and and uh, we don't really have much way of knowing right now, but I really do go. think it'd be interesting to see it slam into the moon. Um, I I don't know about that. Oh, so it'd kill us, but it'd be fun to watch. I'd rather play with a stick of dynamite, all things considered. Me too. Uh, dynamite is cool. That's all I had to say. All right, sir. Take Thanks, care. Sir. Right. Only see, generally, only man. I don't care what that lady said. Only a man would really think dynamite is cool. I think. Be so much fun. Just a stick or maybe two out into the desert. One of those big aluminum trash cans. Oh man. People think it was a UFO. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello? Going once, twice, three times gone. Wild card line, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Art. This is Marty in Oakland. Hi, Marty. Hi. I was wondering, I'm a blind person, and I'm calling about the gentleman who said that we've gone too far with the Americans with Disabled Act. ADA, yeah. Yeah, and I was wondering, when he mentioned... Or when you guys mentioned Braille drive-ups, did you mean ATM machines? Correct, yes. Yes, because, see, we do have uh, all the banks here have Braille uh, on the face of, of the ATM machine, on the uh, you know, near the panel where you would actually press the button. Right, to what end? Well, all it does is just tell you what the keys are. You don't know what the actual prompts are on the screen when you actually put your card in. That's the only disadvantage to it. Well, then, I, I do not understand how you could operate it. Well, um, you you still have to have help, but you know you know what the keys are. But that it's I told the bank uh, when I had a mishap with the new, one of the new ATMs last week. I said, you know, the only problem with the Braille on the ATMs is that you know what the keys are, but what good does that go do you if you can't know e what the Exactly, and what was their answer? Uh, she was kind of flabbergasted. Uh, she didn't know what to say. Well, it just, you know, it, it really doesn't make sense. Uh, unless there was some way to have a Braille readout so that you knew what you were doing, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I mean, I actually agree. I think that what they should do in, in a situation like that is make maybe actually make a, a braille pamphlet up and should, you know telling you what the functions of the ATM are and and what the you know what you will be asked to do when you now I've got an idea how about this mm -hmm. this would be technically feasible that the ATM uh, on request would give you voice commands of what is being digitally read out now there is an idea that's a good. That's a good idea. All right, listen. I, I'm uh, my show is over. All right, I've got to go. So tell America good night. Good night, America. Yeah, there you go. Well, that is a great idea. ATMs and banks. Well, banks. Think about it. <laughs> it was fun. We'll do it again tomorrow. Good night, all.